Hello listeners, it's Lewis. Just a quick note before we start. One, thank you so much to all our brand new listeners who joined us via Samsung last week. We had our biggest week of downloads ever, with nearly 3,000 individual downloads in seven days around the world. Madness! We're delighted to have you all with us. Thank you. Second of all, when we recorded the episode you're about to listen to, we noticed after about 40 minutes of recording that my laptop had decided to take my audio from the wrong feed, using my AirPods instead of my microphone. So for the first part of this ep, I'm afraid it does sound like I'm dialing in my appearance on Muppet Stational via the telephone. However, we did realise the issue and the rest of the episode after the 40 minute mark is in our usual pristine audio quality only it was also recorded two and a half weeks later. We'll explain that when we get to it. Anyway, sorry about that, but we hope you enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to Muppet Sational, the UK's biggest Muppet Show podcast, hosted by three huge Muppet fans. Join us each week as we dive into an episode of Jim Henson's classic variety show, now finally available on Disney+. Plus. This week, it's season two, episode 12, starring the Broadway baby, Bernadette Peters. It's time to get things started on the chronological, explorational, conversational, Muppet-sational! Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Muppet Sational. I'm Lewis Chandler. I'm Jade Turner. And I'm Emma Chandler. And we are here this week, as we are every week, to discuss another episode of The Muppet Show. And this week, as you probably will have seen from our episode title, we are joined by a special guest. She is a multi-hyphenate a writer, broadcaster, presenter, and yarn shop owner. She is one half of the podcast Rosie and Jessica's Day of Fun. She is the writer of You Will Be Able to Knit by the End of This Book, a scriptwriter on the podcast sitcom Wooden Overcoats, has written op-eds for The New Statesman and Observer, and contributed to the film programme and front row for Radio 4, and can count both Tony Blair and Mindy Kaling as her nemeses. She is also one of my best friends. Please welcome to the podcast, Rosie Fletcher! Thank you very much. What an intro. It's sadly all true. (laughs) Thank you so much. I wrote it slightly tipsy as I was (laughs) heading back. As I would want. Exactly. So I thought, do you know what? I'll just toss it all in. How are you, my love? Yes, I'm all right. I am, I'm very warm. Yes. I don't know if that's relevant to the Muppet show, (laughs) but it's, it's warm. Um... Uh, t- completely distracted by the state of the nation. So this is a wonderful respite. Yes, I don't quite know when this episode is come out, going to come no. out, but if we're going to date it exactly, today is the day Boris Johnson has resigned! Woo! Yes! It's a wonderful time, vaguely, <laughs> but then also still doom in many other ways. But we're very happy to see him go. Uh, we'll bring it back from one Muppet to another. <laughs> Oh, I can do political comedy. <laughs> oh, biting satire there. Oh, <laughs> yes. Not the only one who could do an op-ed. 
<laughs> I mean, pretty offensive to Muppets, but there you go. <laughs> That's very true. Uh, he's a Muppet, if nothing else. He is a Muppet. <laughs> <laughs> I hope we're going to see him. The only career we're going to see for him is like singing badly in a cabaret lounge <laughs> and <laughs> singing about the deals of the buffet and the <laughs> hotel rooms. <laughs> All he deserves. Um, Rosie, uh, the question that we ask all of our guests whenever they come onto our show is, how did you first discover or get into the Muppets? It's just always been there for me. Yeah. Uh, when my cousin was quite little, my uncle showed, we were at a family gathering and, and we were going to watch a Muppet Family Christmas and she expressed that she did not really want to do that. And he said, you won't get very far in this family if you don't like the Muppets. <laughs> and uh, it's true. Um, we've always been big Muppet fans. Uh, you know, Muppet Treasure Island was a well-worn VHS. Muppet Christmas Carol is an integral part of the Fletcher family Christmas Eve. On Christmas Eve, we eat smoked salmon sandwiches, my mum makes mince pies, and we watch Muppet Christmas Carol. We had the VHS, so we also got a loo break when when love is right, gone. Right, Rosie, we're not going <laughs> to... Bro- no, sorry, I didn't know realise we were going to be contesting this today. Rosie hates the song When Love Is Gone. I have come round to it in recent years. It is a beautiful ballad sung by a sad lady in a bonnet and Michael Caine <laughs> on that little bridge crying when he's standing behind his former fiance, and then she walks away and Rizzo is crying and Gonzo has to come for him. It, it gets reprised at the end of the film. Mm. <laughs> uh, Muppet Christmas Carol has become a further part of the annual Christmas celebrations because I go every year to the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square to their sing-along Muppet Christmas Carol. And because they are only able to show the theatrical print, it doesn't have When Love Is Gone in it. But they always do an intro with the same guy dressed as Father Christmas. He is, he is, he doesn't know it, but he's really integral to my Christmas joy and spirit, this one man. And he is always dressed as Father Christmas and he does this little intro and gets us to practice booing Scrooge and then he says, well we have got a little treat for you. And they play what is quite clearly ripped from YouTube uh, that when love is gone. Um, but now I really like it, partly because I think that Lewis has compelling arguments, but also because I <laughs> now always hear it with this guy's commentary of uh, when she's trying to leave young Scrooge and he says, was it his eyebrows? <laughs> and then the bit where Michael Caine forgets the words. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that that is uh, important. But basically, I've always loved the Muppets. Um, from being mildly terrified of Gonzo and also slightly freaked out by the Muppets because I don't know if you had Disney videotapes in the 90s, Mm. but they would have Muppet moments at the end of them, which is that after the credits of the movie had run, you would get a segment from the Muppet show. But I was really freaked out by the blank tape either side of the film on videotapes as a child okay. <laughs> I was just really scared of them because like you'd watch the movie and then it would just all go black and then it would go black for a couple of seconds and then a completely out of context Muppet show sketch would happen and then it would end and then it would just go black again so that was how I first experienced the Muppet show itself I've never heard about that before I don't think any of Muppet our Mo- v- we still call after credit sequences Muppet moments <laughs> Even in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, my dad will say, is there a Muppet moment? Oh. <laughs> oh. 
Emma, do you remember any of our VHSs having Muppet moments at the end? No, I don't think they did. No, I don't remember either. We had many Disney VHS. Maybe it's not to start, maybe because of your sister, Rosie, maybe a slightly earlier, yeah, earlier I mean, release of plausible. Disney VHSs, we... but. We would have had like Little Mermaid on the first video release, you know, before it went in the vault. Yeah, the first, yeah, the first time it came out of the vault. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then. Oh, and sorry, then is just, that your bus uh, you need to catch? <laughs> sorry, I'm gonna go. I literally live at the business end of the busiest road in this area. Um, According to the website that rates um, air pollution, I am in the top 1% of bad air in the country, baby. Congratulations. I'm gonna die. You're already in Fury Road. (laughs) I know. I'm just spraying silver paint on myself. You're already clinging to the side of a Jeep, just like swigging from side to side. So is this the first time, beyond the Muppet moments, is this the first time you've actually watched a full episode of The Muppet Show? No, because um, when I was a student, I just used to buy DVDs all the time. They are of no use to me now. But um, it was around the time that The Muppet Show first came out on DVD. And I own series one and two. Have I watched all of them? Obviously not. But I've watched at least the first half of series one fantastic yeah i mean i I think our interactions with the muppets i I think we are are all basically in the same age bracket i'm going to know that i am the youngest um but our interaction with it is through the the later theatrical films Mm. and then maybe going back to watch like a muppets take manhattan or you know a great muppet caper if we so felt the urge but the muppet show was a real blind spot for us yeah and so the sort of doing this show was us trying to kind of fill in the blanks uh for this to sort of see the origins of this thing that much like you said was just has always been there but weirdly we don't we we never saw the beginning of it uh to that end we should probably jump into this episode jade why don't you kick us off with a little production information Yeah, let's jump in. So this episode was originally broadcast on the 18th of November 1977. So one week before the Dom DeLuise episode we covered last week. It was written by Jerry Jewell, Joseph A. Bailey, Jim Henson and Don Hinckley and directed by Peter Harris. And Emma, I I know I've said this before, but Bernadette Peters really does need no introduction. (laughs) But please... We shall all just sit back and relax while you tell us about the many illustrious things that Miss Peters has achieved in her extensive career. Yes, thanks, Jade. Yeah, so Bernadette Peters is a an actress, a singer, a children's author um, from <laughs> Queens, New York. She is a Broadway legend and her career has spanned over six decades um, she started off as a child star and she got her first equity card at the age of nine and she's never looked back. Um, she has been on Broadway. She was closely associated and still is with Stephen Sondheim and she was the original witch, uh, played the original part of the witch in Into the Woods. She was the original Dot in Sunday in the Park with George and Mabel in Mac and Mabel. She has been on so many things. During the sort of 60s and 70s, she did a lot of films and TV shows. Um, the Muppet Show. She was on The Carol Burnett Show. She's done films in including The Jerk, Pennies from Heaven and Annie. Um, and then in the 1980s, she returned to theatre. 
Um, and she did, ba- well, she basically became one of the best known Broadway stars um, over the next three decades. She's done albums, cast albums. Um, she has been nominated for three Emmy Awards and three Golden Globe Awards. She's been nominated for seven Tony Awards um, and she's won two. Basically, she's just a legend, quite yeah. frankly. Yeah. I mean, this is the youngest I think I've ever seen her yeah. in anything. I didn't know she was ever this young. But also, weirdly, she still looks this young. I was going to yeah. say, that's I... what I said, Rosie, when I was researching her and I looked on her website. I was like, damn, how is this lady 74? Literally, the first thing I wrote in my notes when she appeared on screen was Bernadette Peters looking like she will tomorrow because the yeah. woman doesn't age. An incredible combination of good skin, good bone structure and just... Already having a very kind of like mature voice, which just simultaneously matures her and then makes her look younger. And it's like a weird old baby voice. (laughs) The weirdest thing just was seeing her blonde because I'm so used to her with unnaturally red hair. Yes. (laughs) The only other thing I want to mention is uh, I was trying to think if if anybody hadn't been very familiar with Bernadette Peters, I was thinking one thing that did go around Twitter maybe like a year or a year and a half ago, she guested on, I think it was a show called Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, which I never saw, but she turns up in one episode and sings Sia's Cheap Thrills. And (laughs) it is the campest thing. She turns up in a raincoat and like has a bottle of wine that she's hiding and she just sings Cheap Thrills. She's like, I love Cheap Thrills. And it's like, oh my God. So I would... Uh, if you, if nothing else, although you should be very aware of her, do go watch Bernadette Peters singing Cheap Thrills by Sia from whatever this bizarre American TV show was. It went round Twitter. It was very fun. Uh, shall we jump into the episode? Yes. Um, I mean, we go, as we do for the entire second season, into these uh, cold opens backstage. Um, all I can think is just, she looks like a doll. She just looks like, I don't know, just like a, a painted doll. I just kind of couldn't get over it. She has dewy skin like no other dewy skin I've ever seen in my life. She's yeah. r- radiant. And I, yeah, I assume that was very, very good makeup. But nobody else looks like that on The Muppet Show. I am guessing she bought that with her. <laughs> That's makeup that covers you right to the back of the gallery. Like, yes. That is... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't really associate The Muppet Show with guest stars looking glamorous at no. their absolute best. <laughs> if you, on Disney+, Plus, the picture above for the, um, is it Don De Louise yes. episode? Um, the still is him in like this ginger fright wig, <laughs> like in the middle of something really stupid. And then the still for Bernadette Peters is like, what if a China doll won a Tony? <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what it is. The joke we get this week is Swedish chef delivering what appears to be, it's a live chicken sandwich. Um, It's definitely a step up from last week's sort of bizarre non sequitur. But all I could think was how good the the bread bun looked. And I really wanted (laughs) to take a bite, despite the fact that there was a live Muppet chicken inside. How hungry were you when you watched this episode, Lewis? (laughs) Always hungry. Actually, to be fair... As soon as that episode finished, I did pop out yesterday and I went to the Sainsbury's under the illusion of just going to buy a lemon so I could make myself a vodka martini. Uh, and then I ended up, <laughs> you know, the essentials. Sorry, I just listened to your Bruce Forsyth episode and in that you talk about making yourself a martini. <laughs> That's a coincidence. I had to have one for a little while. Um, but 
then when I was there, I picked up one of those big bars of, you know, the Tony's chocolate that's like yes. very ethical, but quite expensive. Um, I ate the entire bar. <laughs> And that was just in a un- martini. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. I had a sugar coma and then washed it down with a vodka martini. You know, all the food groups, and it was great. But then I looked at the back and I was like, that was just under a thousand calories for that bar. <laughs> I know, but it was really good. So that's dinner. Yeah. Well, no, but I'd already had dinner, <laughs> so that was the problem. <laughs> yeah. Although actually saying that when I was look, then looking at that bun, I must have been hungry because I then wrote down in my notes, I've been eyeing up that Italian burger at McDonald's that they're doing a limited time offer on. <laughs> so clearly I was really hungry when I watched this episode because I just in my own notes wrote, I've been eyeing up that Italian burger at McDonald's <laughs> that I know they're only doing till the end of this month. So the time is running out. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 not ideal. I have a comment on the theme tune. Okay, so I have seen and heard, obviously, the Muppet <laughs> Show theme tune so many times. And I don't know whether it was because I was particularly watching it, but the first Muppets that walk on that are the big suit Muppets are some of the most haunted, <laughs> rotted things I have ate. I hated them. And I wrote that note, and then about three sketches later, they all turned up. But it's... So Sweetums, I don't mind, because his proportions... It's like Big Bird and Sweetums. Their proportions are so odd and non-human. It's like a whole puppet. Yes. But then it's the guys in the suits with the orange hands who were just really humanoid... I hate them so much, they will haunt my dreams. Rosie, we have had to deal with so many, we've called them Muppet Men, through the first season and a half, where it's just a little, it's almost like something from Doctor Who, where the head is just a little bit too big, and the hands are a little bit too big, and then the body is thin, thin, 1970s cocaine thin, and it's just really... Yeah, we you're, you're preaching to a choir that's long okay, since. Good. Yeah, I would. There are some haunting episodes of the Muppet Show. Who? What? Uh, Emma, can you remember what was the episode with the the dancing Muppets, Muppet Men, and women in the background? Oh, um, I think that was Charles Aznavour, wasn't it? And they didn't even have faces. Rosie, it was like the Autons, but made of felt or like sponge. It was. It was really disgusting. Yeah, and they were just like, like dumbly dancing ballroom in the background. I have watched a heck of a lot of videos about the history of theme park character costumes. <laughs> and it really got into like the, well, in the 1960s, they hadn't worked out how you did mascot costumes yet. So it was just like a guy... It's it's the haunted <laughs> Mickey and Minnie ice capades outfits. That's exactly where you're like that is a, a like broken down foam latex hat on just a skinny dancer's body. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly okay. what we're working with. You Ooh, should. Uh, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's not dreaming. <laughs> hate them. Yeah. <laughs> it's the march they do. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> like really, like I genuinely wasn't just like oh I'm not sure about that. I like. Oh, and I watched the episode twice. <laughs> the second time, I was like, no, not again. Well, I feel like you need to sit in Stoutner Wardorf's box with them then, because that, that button during this opening is Wardorf pulling Stoutner in and going, no, please don't make me watch it. Like, Rosie, that was that was clearly you as they were, yes. as they were doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And I also, uh, like, 
well, I assume everyone can probably hear that my voice sounds <laughs> not great. Jade's got the COVID. I've got the COVID, everybody. Uh, <laughs> it's so bad she's even turned her screen off. We yeah, nobody wants to her. see me. Nobody wants to see me right now. <laughs> but the other note I did make at the start of this was when Gonzo's balloon didn't blow up, I was like, my nose has probably made that noise today at some point. <laughs> oh, Jade. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> We're sending you good wishes, but also Thank don't you. touch us or come near us. <laughs> yeah. I haven't been near anybody other than Rich, and he's also... We tested positive at the same time, so we're. Oh, that's romantic. <laughs> is it romantic? I'm assuming that's your partner. I just yes. realised I've said that. I could be like my brother, <laughs> my nemesis. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's just the the postman. Um, well, that, well, that's we're on be- first name terms. Well, that's better than when I got COVID and Peter discovered it while he was down in Brighton, and uh, he did a test down there and he was negative, and so then he had to come back. And I had to put a bag outside in our hallway for him to pick up. And we talked through the doorway like we were David Tennant and Billy Piper at the end of season two of Doctor Who. And I was just quietly weeping on the other side. Yeah, exactly. And Peter was like, okay, bye. And went to like, I had a lovely week at our friend Emma's house, staying in their spare room while I just like stayed in my little box. Did you ask him if he wanted to build a snowman? <laughs> No. <laughs> no. Yeah, no. Thankfully, Rich is my partner. And uh, yeah, we tested positive at the same time. So we are at least in a little COVID self-isolation bubble together. Um, but yeah, I I don't really get uh, cabin fever that badly. But I am... If it lasts too much longer, I might start to experience it because we yeah. got Apparently cabin fever. Driving yeah. up the musical number for that. I feel well, like Lewis watched my face have room. that realization. <laughs> I did. I was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, if I start hallucinating cabin fever, then we know I'm in big trouble. Yeah. Well, speaking of hallucinations, um, <laughs> this number that opens up uh, this episode incredibly unexpected and confusing how could you believe me when i said i love you when you know i've been a liar all my life you've had that reputation since you were a youth i must have been insane to think that you'd tell the truth but how could you believe me when i said we'd marry when you know i'd rather hang than have a wife i knew you said i'll make you mine but who would know that you would go for that whole line? We get Kermit doing a duet with Miss Mousy, who is a, a character we've only seen, Rosie, for your benefit, once or twice before. Okay, because I, I clicked on her name on Wikipedia expecting her to be like a long-running thing from seasons one and two. No! No! The last time we saw her prominently, she was tiny and in a teacup on Walder, Waldorf and Statler's balcony. And then she tipped off at the end, we presumed to her death. And now she's <laughs> no. back and she's Kermit's She's side. back! Yeah, <laughs> like, it made... No. Emma, do you know what this song was called? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit of a mouthful, yeah, so good here luck, we go. Emma. Oh, I sorry, don't, I, oh, Emma, I didn't mean to set you up. Emma has Lewis a, always does this. <laughs> Emma has a bit of elocution, she didn't go to drama school. I know, every time. Okay, are you ready? It's called... 
How could you believe me when I said I loved you when you know I've been a liar all my life? <laughs> Way! Way! It's like a Lana Del Rey song title. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so I actually knew this business. song. Can't... No, that was two different. <laughs> I just John and the Men of Music Business Conference. Uh, why is this Miss Mousy? So that you can have the runner with Miss Piggy. I think that's that's the primary reason for it being Miss Mousy. And I guess that they either didn't want it to be Janice or maybe <laughs> they knew that they couldn't reasonably have Janice as a foil for Miss Piggy and Kermit because yeah like no one would believe that would they um i feel like that's the only reason that it's miss mousy at the start of this i'm not going to say the huge long song title again but <laughs> because i yeah why else would it be her and especially when you watch it and she does nothing yeah. like it's the most boring performance of a muppet i think i've ever ever seen like he's in a tux and she's ready to go to bed in the 1800s <laughs> uh, I, I mean it's like they wrote I can maybe they wrote it to be Bernadette Peters and then they thought we can't have the running gag being Miss Piggy making people say Bernadette Peters is bad because that's the only like I just could not who who is she <laughs> who, who is, is she? she who is she who is she where did, where did you, you find her, her? <laughs> yeah because this is like a banger of a musical uh, of a musical number it is i love this song me too i'd never heard it before and i wrote down i love this song this is immediately like if i need to do a duet at some sort of cabaret i was like i'm listening i know rosie i, I wasn't gonna say if rosie and i have to do a number in a cabaret i mean let's face it i look great in a mob cap and a nightgown <laughs> we we're, we're not gonna dress you as mrs tiggy winkle from like <laughs> just, it, it's so mrs like who's this romantic rival oh don't worry, it's old Nana Mousy. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I can I tell you some fun facts about the song and the Always. it's from? Okay. So this is from the film Royal Wedding, which was released <gasps> in the UK as Wedding Bells. This is the one where Fred Astaire dances on the ceiling. Yes, it is. So, Sorry, if that was your if that was your big thing, I just feel very excited. Well, there's there's one extra thing that's even bigger than that. But so it's Fred Astaire and Jane Powell that originally did the the number and the whole plot of royal wedding uh is actually around uh the queen and prince philip's wedding which is just mental um is it I know, really? right and also very interestingly mgm forgot to renew the rights to it so this film is in the public domain um, oh it's a charade is... baby <laughs> yeah so all of that's already very exciting and you're like wow this is a lot then you find out that this is the film that Fred Astaire does You're All the World to Me which is the one that goes round and then you find out that this is actually the film that cancelled Judy Garland's contract with MGM because she was meant to be in it kept only turning up for half days at rehearsal and they were like Judy you're out so my god is there a lot going on here (laughs) like and we get to mention Judy Garland again. So that's great. Start running. Yeah. Well, now I'm not so sure how I feel about this song. I know. I was like, I'm on board. You mean they cancelled Judy? Yeah, I hate I this song. Like, I hate Grace Kelly. <laughs> Absolutely mental. Like, I genuinely, when I was on the Wikipedia page, I was scribbling it down and I was like, there's more? There's more? There's more? Like, how, how many things do you want to get out of one also, film? Also, for a film that people, like, don't really talk Absolutely about. Absolutely do not talk about it. You know. Okay. 
the only Other thing than... you ever see is that clip of Fred exactly. Astaire, and it's usually in a exactly. montage when they talk about, oh, the magic of the movie. Yes. And you just see him clip-clop around. Yeah, they go, it's how they do Inception. <laughs> yeah, I've never watched it, but now I'm intrigued. Well, also, you can I watch it for want... free. It's in the public domain. <laughs> it's in the public domain, baby. <laughs> and then you can recreate it, Lewis, and that's totally fine. <laughs> I could do, I, if I want to dance on the ceiling, James, <laughs> I just have a couple more vodka martinis, and then it feels like I'm there. <laughs> yeah um but i i found this other than the miss piggy runner which we will obviously discuss more but that i thoroughly enjoyed um i found this opening number really really quite disappointing like i just didn't understand the staging or like there is no chemistry between them i mean it's no. just it's just kermit bopping around and miss mousy yeah looking like she is about to get the horlicks and go to bed and as much as i'm glad that it sets up you know piggy's running plot for this episode if i was given the choice between piggy is up in the box every so often booing and hitting you know wardorf or statler to make them boo i would have preferred to have just watched this song with piggy and something else happen yeah it's not even the main plot We, we can get into what is the main plot in a moment but yeah and i use that in the loosest terms um yeah, I just would have preferred, and it would have suited them both so well. Yeah, because it's it's also weird the way Kermit at the beginning, like it's such a low key intro. He's like, "I'm something of a song and dance band myself," so I'm gonna sing the song. I was like, "Is this how we're opening the show?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, quite. Um, we then move into the, what is the I guess a plot for this episode. It's certainly a plot. Yes. <laughs> Zing. Um, <laughs> Um, And we are reintroduced to Robin, who, again, Jade, we have not seen since, I want to say, like, episode six of the first season. I feel like it was episode six or seven. He was halfway up the stairs. He obviously got stuck there. (laughs) Yeah, and and they lost him. They lost him. (laughs) It's now uh, well over a season later, and we are being reintroduced to Kermit's nephew. Rosie, we have not seen hide nor hair of him. It's, I mean, part of the plot of them saying we never see him. Yeah, correct. We have not it's seen It's like him. a weird meta. I assume, because yeah. like this is a markdown for this episode. No, Gonzo. Um, yes. Uh, and so I'd worked out that you don't, or Fozzie, you don't see every Muppet every week. But I was like, oh, well, obviously it's like a rotating cast as opposed to we put them up on the stairs for a year and a half. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely bizarre. Emma, what were your thoughts on this plot that we had for this week? Well, I mean, like you said, it was quite strange seeing Robin again since we've not seen him since, you know, halfway through season one. If if even half, like a quarter. Even that, yeah. And then, I mean, I don't know. It was quite strange for the fact that we had this little start-up bit where he was obviously, you know, you found out that he was Kermit's nephew. Again. And he was obviously trying to get his attention because he wanted to perform on stage. And obviously Kermit's dealing with um, Sweetums and Fog and Timmy Monster, like rushing back and forth, you know, backstage before Mm. they go on. But it's kind of weird because as we discovered, in the version that we've seen on Disney+, Plus, they actually cut out his main number so it kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense to be honest like in terms of plot of what we end up actually seeing yeah i was trying to work out whether it was because they've cut two of his songs that it feels quite so much of a damp squib yeah they've cut they've cut two songs and because they've cut the songs they've also cut the 
the the final bit of the runner that ties up the story um so i you know the bit that i thought maybe had been cut out as well was a section that wrapped up the miss piggy miss mousy beef as well but no apparently that just that just dangles like no one cares about that b plot if anything i like that it keeps a rivalry (laughs) going not that we're again gonna see miss mousy again but i do like the idea that piggy is not a woman who helps other women <laughs> like i kinda, like i kind of like that like she's like yeah no. i think i actually read that this is the last time we see miss mousy so i don't know if like piggy kicked her out <laughs> yeah but then i want to see that i want to see miss piggy literally showing her the door and going like bye mouse <laughs> no she finishes the job she pushes her over that balcony again and like makes sure her <laughs> neck is really broken this time Maybe she set a really elaborate trap. <laughs> what? Like a- I think Miss Mousy just went to bed and maybe died peacefully in her sleep, <laughs> given how she's dressed. <laughs> At the end of the episode, actually, what they also cut was the card that came up and said, in memory oh, of Miss yeah. Mousy, Mousy died on the way back to her own planet. <laughs> this thing with Robin, this sketch where he's sitting in the floor... Mm. I did not like the way he was just on the floor. And you could tell that was like, and I'm sorry, this is the only way I can describe it, a little glory hole <laughs> for, for the hand to just sit on the floor. And yeah. like, it was like one of those boxes at like a Halloween party where you can't see what it is and it's like a bowl of spaghetti. <laughs> I could just imagine like the way he's just sort of sat there so he can't do anything and he can't interact with anyone. Yeah. It's very rare that we get a shot where we do see the Muppets standing or sitting on the floor. But whenever that happens, it is a slightly alarm. You can't help but just be a little bit aware of like, somebody's hand is up there. (laughs) Yeah. Like if they're sitting on a table, I'm like, even though that actually draws attention to it because you know the table is there to hide Frank Oz or something. I'm like, yep, makes perfect sense. If they put them on the floor, I'm like, "Mm, wrong. Yeah. Not not what the Lord intended. <laughs> the Lord being Lord Lugrid of uh, ITV. And case. also the genuine fear of, uh, I did think Robin was just going to get trampled on. <laughs> like, yeah, like a poor man's going to break his fingers. <laughs> yeah, it did look pretty dicey in some yes! parts. Yeah, it did. Oh, God. I guess that's why they'd done it like that, though, wasn't it? Like, because with Thog and Sweetums and Timmy Monster going by, like, you didn't even see their heads. You were just seeing, like their torsos and their legs Mm. and i don't know it was it was really it was really really interesting framing like we've never really seen anything like that before on the muppet show um and i feel like they obviously wanted to make robin just look as small as he possibly could but yeah it was yeah. yeah when he was just on his own on the floor it was bizarre it was really really strange i feel like they could have cut it differently so that you went maybe between like a more of a close up of Robin and then that wide of of having them all go past him because yeah. then you wouldn't have been thinking like oh he's just like you know and yeah. that would have been more of a reveal as well to then cut yeah. out and he's such a scrunched up little shape anyway because he he's is. basically imagine Kermit the Frog's head with arms and legs <laughs> that like he he looks a bit like a glove someone has dropped <laughs> Because he's all kind yeah. of like, maybe that's because I mainly view him as Tiny Tim. He's all a bit like... Oh. Well, this is the thing. I've got to say, I did write down in my notes, Robin is only bearable as Tiny Tim. Yeah, so I I quite like him in Muppet Family Christmas. Yes, fine. That's fine, because he's kind but, of like a bit... Infused. But this one, he was like an annoying child. 
I was yeah. like, nobody wants to hear you. Like, we have such talents as Miss Mousy. Yeah, please run up. Please <laughs> do run away. Like, please. We didn't. We thought you already had. Like, you haven't been here for a year. Yeah, because yeah, Muppet Family Christmas. He's all like, "Yay, it's Christmas!" I'm a little excited. Like, a fraggle uh, pebble. Here and... Lovely. Yeah, not here. Can I ask? Yes. Do you know Fog and Timmy monsters' names anyway, or is it just because you read them today? Because I had, I you could have put a gun to my head. I would never have said those names. Emma, how do we know their names? <laughs> uh, well, we kind of like researched because they showed up quite a lot in the first yeah. season, <laughs> and Man, we right. remember them now. So yeah, you've got Fog. Timmy Monster and obviously Sweetums um, and then there's other kind of classic ones that are Mean Mama yeah. which she's kind of got the weird drawbridge mouth, mouth and I can't remember what's the oh, other one diner, the diner monster what's he called? So, yeah lunch encounter monster yeah. some of them are literally just named after the, the sketch. first sketch they yeah. appeared in yeah. and, and, and then lion. it's via Muppet Wiki to be honest that we sort yeah. of then know their names they, they they aren't really referred to as such in the show as that but that is what they are now labelled as yeah so only for the purposes of the podcast rather than being like the big the big one or the freaky one or the big freaky one We'd be here forever if we had to just describe, like, <laughs> yeah. Their, yeah, the intricacies of their fur and their ears. And, yeah. yeah. Well, we might as well go into the, the first Bernadette number that features all these big freaky ones. Um, again, I, I, I never do the research before. Uh, Jade, what is the name of this song? <laughs> he re- I've also realised that I forgot to watch Robin's song and it was only 50 seconds long. I knew you wouldn't, I knew you wouldn't watch it. I should have put a bet on with Emma. I could be quids in at this point, although she probably wouldn't have taken the bet because she also knows you. Uh, so I t- Look, I am the audience surrogate, baby. I'm the people who just watch it on Disney Plus and then come here for vibes. Because t- going on YouTube takes such a long time, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm busy watching an hour and 50 minute documentaries on the fast pass. Like, I don't have time for it. Please do not tell me you've song. watched that again this week. No, I haven't. I've only watched it twice. I watched it for the first time last week. It was genuinely incredible. The twist! The twist! There's a twist! How is there a twist? In a documentary! It's insane! But I gasped! <laughs> I gasped when I first watched it! Did you gasp the second time too? You know the first time I watched it, I was in Bob. I was on holiday in Barbados. Yeah, you are digging and yourself took... an even bigger hole here, Lewis. You couldn't watch 50 <laughs> seconds of Robin and then you go all the way to Barbados <laughs> and you watch a fast pass documentary, which granted is a great. 90 but... minutes. Yeah, exactly. Fast pass exactly. Oh, I was like, Lord. no, thank you. I will not sunbathe or go in the pool or the beach. I'm going to watch this documentary on YouTube about the people queuing. <laughs> Right. Anyway, sorry, anyway, what's this song called? <laughs> this song is Take a Little One Step. But just before we get into it, I just want to flag that I loved that Miss Piggy again was straight out for the introduction for the song and was utterly petrified at the thought that Miss Mousy was coming back and then the realisation that maybe Kermit was doing a duet with Bernadette Peters. I just love that she's clearly just hanging out in the wing, just inspecting every single little thing that's going on on stage this week. Oh, yeah. I mean, the line, sounds like Miss Mousy to me. Was, yeah. I mean, she was just, so, this is my favourite kind of piggy when she's just really bitter and up herself. It's very relatable. 
<laughs> also, it's quite unusual for the Muppet Show to like even use language like big, ugly, shaggy beasts, and then for Miss Piggy to double down on it. Like, it's just yeah, I loved it. Amazing. But anyway, to get back to the song, yeah, so it's Take a Little One Step. It was originally from a musical called Lollipop. Yeah. Um, and then it got uh, co-opted into No No Nanette. We're back to No No Nanette. <laughs> Not No No Nanette. It is. It is. <laughs> is that Ethel Merman? No. Uh, it was. It was someone this season. Oh, who was No No? Like <sighs> some of these shows, some of these old Broadway shows are genuinely like. I can only assume Jim Henson maybe had like 12 records that a maiden aunt left to him. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, I've got a great idea. Let's let's plow through act two of No No Nanette. Or... <laughs> That's sometimes what it feels like. <laughs> Take a little one step, two step, three step. Come a little closer, please. We can't afford to miss And then you glide and you slide Keeping close to my side Oh boy, let's go, boy That music's tickling every toe, boy So, uh, who's the green guy in this one? Because I hate him (laughs) (laughs) Emma, who is he? Oh, okay, so Fog is the big sort of blue one that looks like a balloon shape. Yeah. And so Timmy Monster is the other one, and then obviously you've got Sweetums. Yeah, he looks like uh, Mr. Blobby had a child with a cannabis plant. He's rotted. Oh. I, so I, don't, I, I feel bad, he's called Timmy Monster, it's an adorable name, but I don't like his big white mouth. And um, I've never been like wildly keen on Sweetums, but after seeing some of these guys, I'm like a big a big Sweetums apologist. <laughs> so I'm like, look at him, he's like a tiny puppet shaped guy. No that no, there is there is a reason Sweetums is the one who made it through to the nineties and these freaks Absolutely. stayed in the eighties. Do you know what I mean? Like these guys didn't survive. They 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 didn't come through. Um there was a lot of I wrote down Bonnie Langford energy in this. <laughs> that yeah, was Yeah, definitely... I kind of I wrote Ethereal Tinkerbell, yep. vibes of Tallulah from Bugsy Malone. Yep, definitely. And also I put, wow, what is happening? <laughs> yeah. Emma, I did say it gave, um, I also wrote down, um, oh my God, a stage frolic, which I was only thinking about because um, Emma and I went and saw Beauty and the Beast this week. And all we could remark upon was... Um, how good the lead actress who was playing Belle was very good at the musical lead stage frolic slash whenever you have to run into a scene, but you can only do about three steps and then you have to stop, but you have to still give the speed and then a spin. And uh, obviously Bernadette Peters is very adept at the stage frolic where it's a very winsome, but still slightly panicked run. Yes, you have to lead with your shoulders while still holding them back. Yes. It's very good. Uh, yeah, this is th- so. As I said, watched it twice. First time on this episode, I was like, "Is, is this what is this what the Muppet Show is?" <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes it is. <laughs> I, I knew. I mean, I was both in, like super impressed by just the amount of like we're just doing a musical song here, and then with this one, I was like, "I like the song. I like the number. 
then I'm not, it's not feeling like really Muppety, despite there being like three, the biggest Muppets you could get. And it's like, oh, okay. So she's just like, the, like, it's like she's she being accosted by these a, giant fuzzballs. Yeah, like she could only film on a day when most of the other cast couldn't come in. <laughs> They're like, oh, I'm really sorry, <laughs> Kermit, Gonzo, Fozzie, Piggy. They're actually all on location today. So we've got you dancing with Thog and Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is the thing that it's very strange when we first sort of started watching The Muppet Show that it genuinely is quite often not the regular cast of Muppets mm. that you expect now from a branding perspective. Sometimes you'll get an episode where, for example, in this one, Fozzie and Gonzo do literally nothing and you get a Miss Mousy or Weird Muppet Men or these guys and you're like, oh, this is just going to be the episode. Whereas now it would be almost insane to think of doing a Muppet show or property where you're not always seeing those incredibly familiar yeah. Muppets. It's, yeah, it's 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 part of the sort of interesting thing of watching the, this kind of almost origin of what the Muppets are and become as an entity that you're like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> like... Yeah, and I guess I, like, I actually sort of knowing that now, apart from the fact that I didn't like the B-team Muppets that much, um, don't have a problem with it. I guess it keeps it more fresh than it's like, oh, I see we're doing this sketch again. But um, yeah, it's just kind of slightly alarming when you think, here I am, I'm settling down with the gang. And um, Gonzo appears to not blow up a balloon. And then, bye. See you at the credits, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, like, from our point of view, it's really strange because obviously we are expecting these major Muppets to always be there. But I guess like this is only the second season other than really Kermit and Piggy and Fozzie to an extent. Like a lot of them that we have come to know and love aren't actually that established yet. Like Gonzo's only mm. recently really become Gonzo. So they were still really working on their characters. And I think the other thing as well is that I think they did, because it's a variety show, I think they did try as much as possible to like match the right Muppet with the right kind of thing that they wanted to do with the star. So mm -hmm. in this case, I guess they knew they wanted to get Bernadette Peters up and dancing around and frolicking. Frolicking, so much frolicking. And a little one, two step, three step. It's it was a such really a catchy tune. little dance. Yeah. It's such a campy dance. I was like, I wanted to get up and do it. You can't do that with Kermit because, you know, he can't do a one-two step at the moment. Like, that's... Yeah, yeah we're years off him riding a bicycle. Exactly, exactly. So I think, like, they obviously were like, okay, we need to get the the Muppety monsters out because we can get their legs in the frame. Yeah, um, and, <laughs> that's a good point. And I think they should have developed it more. But like they basically got to the first thought, which was, oh, she can be teaching them to dance, but because they're big Muppet monsters, it's not going well. And there should have been then, and then, and yeah. then, but it never got to the I think, and yeah, then. If, if, if it had been like, why weren't they like in a dance yeah. studio? Yeah, Like, why are they just in a weird white... <laughs> I don't know, abyss with a couple of trees. Like if you had actually made Bernadette Peters like a dance teacher and trying to teach these like three big Muppets and they're in like, you know, leotards or like headbands and they're trying to do a little one step, two step, three step. Actually, that could have been, it, it just would have, you're right, grounded it a bit more. This one, 
you know, we we too often seem to find ourselves in these weird kind of like nondescript abstract spaces with a bit of foliage. It, it's like they Bernadette Peters knew this song and dance. Like she'd done it in one of her shows and she they were like, Bernie, can you do the um one step, two step? And we'll just throw some Muppets in. <laughs> we'll literally all throw some Muppets at you. Yeah. <laughs> literally, we're just gonna bundle you by three adult men in big Muppet outfits are just gonna accost you while you try and do this song. Yeah, actually it's funny you should say that, Rosie, because there was a point where she was doing like her steps and you could see she was looking and she was like I can't complete what I need to do. And she was kind of like, there's Muppets in the way. Do a little one week, two week COVID. Do a little leadership debate and audio quality. I hope you sound better now. I I hope I sound better now. If I don't, I'm throwing myself off a bridge. Like I'm just... Oh no. So um, as you'll probably now have known from the introduction I had to record uh, at the beginning of this episode. Hello, everyone. You've now joined us <laughs> nearly three weeks later. <laughs> oh, my God. We're like the mice from Babe. <laughs> three weeks later. Um, to pick up the rest of this episode of The Muppet Show and Muppet Sational. Um, in that time, <laughs> um, we nearly burnt alive in 40 degree heat. Uh, Jade and Rosie uh, both either continued to have or got COVID. We still don't know who the new leader of our country is going to be, but it's down to uh, two terrible options. <laughs> and um, Emma's my- <laughs> Emma's camera has got so bad, she seems to be recording this week in a tub of Vaseline. Yeah, it's all been <laughs> it's going not on. Even like the Vaseline on the lens of, of no, series one no, of it's... Drag Race, it is, is the Vaseline that they use on the <laughs> Yeah, it's Emma has been submerged <laughs> in a tub I of Vaseline. Think... Maybe Emma actually melted in the 40 degree heat and this is just the, the remnants of Emma. Yeah, that we it's just a pair of glasses point. on a stick. <laughs> she's like she's like that evil politician from the first X-Men movie that they just turn into a big blob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Upsetting. Um, so I suppose, I'll just quickly check in with everybody and then we'll just get back to this. This is going to be such a bizarre listening experience. It's like we've done the world's shittest um, time capsule. <laughs> we dug it up three weeks three later. Weeks later. And we're like, oh, yeah, this, is, this was just a sandwich and now it's a moldy sandwich. I do feel like maybe amongst the not Rosie I'm not including you in this but amongst the three of us that is about our attention span we do a time capsule and three weeks later we'd be like shall we dig it up now I can't remember what I put in it do you know I did actually do an an official blue piece of time capsule yeah that they released at the the turn of the millennium and um I dug it up 12 years later uh on a break from uni uh, rather than writing some of my dissertation, because <laughs> <laughs> I did procrastinate excavation. That's <laughs> what was in it. Um, some Pokemon cards, a Top of the Pop CD that I think Emma got free with Top of the Pop's magazine that she did not want. <laughs> um, and then there was a tape that we had recorded that on it had I think both me and Emma on it. I can't remember what Emma said, if anything. Um, but on it, I said that I liked chocolate and The Simpsons and I wanted to be an actor. And I thought, wow. Um, Times what change. Deve- what development? <laughs> oh, those are the days when you used to get like decent gifts with magazines. Yeah. 
A whole CD? Can how, you imagine? How did... Um, I feel like more happened in three weeks than did in the 12 years that your time has been very... Because, like... I feel like Lewis has fundamentally changed more in the three weeks than in Yeah, because, like, I, I managed to come down with and recover from a plague in three weeks. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm back to full health again. But in the middle, I was distinctly not. <laughs> yeah, Lewis, age seven or eight, uh, in the year two thousand, to Lewis, age twenty, not seems not much had gone on <laughs> apart from uh, looking at maybe like men in films and going, hmm, interesting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but then keeping that real quiet, <laughs> like that, that didn't go on tape. <laughs> Imagine if there'd been a very end bit of that tape where you had just gone, by the way. <laughs> Future what Lewis, dramatic, are you gay what yet? What a way to come out. Can you imagine coming out by a Blue Peter time capsule? <laughs> Let us know if you did. Can you imagine? I would love that. Right into BBC Wood Lane. Um, <laughs> Playing the London, long game. London W12, 6, I think it was PA, I think, like... Uh, we should probably get back into the episode because this has been so rudely, this is us genuinely like rudely interrupting our listeners with a random bit of chat. In yeah, you're like, okay, well, we'll do the intro and then we'll get to the episode and we're like, surprise, guys, there's some weird intro in the middle of the episode. <laughs> this would be where we'd be also, if we had a sponsor, be chucking in our sponsored ad where we'd be doing some really terrible ad reads. Should we pretend that this incident was um, sponsored by Tempermat? <laughs> I was going to say, I, if, if you also have spent a lot of time in bed with a plague disease, you'll be really grateful for your Helix mattress. Yeah. I'm sure they'd be so thrilled to be associated with COVID. Oh, I was going to say, with, our, with my incompetence. <laughs> and that. Yeah. While I recovered from the sheer embarrassment of not understanding how to set up a podcast 37 episodes in, I loved forgetting about it by using my HelloFresh. <laughs> Use offer code IDIOT for 10% off your first order. <laughs> right, we must get back to the episode. Um, where were we? <laughs> I think the next thing we need to discuss, which I'm sure will not take very long, is Statler and Wardorf's notes on Bernadette Peters' number. And uh, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure it's Statler saying he reserves judgment um, until the pig tells him what to say. <laughs> and I thought, Miss Piggy's Bernadette Peters you can like, it's the mouse you've got to hate, was hilarious. <laughs> it was. It was so funny. I loved that. I love the fact that they were just like what do we do? What do we do? And then she's like, no, it's fine. You can like her. <laughs> How has Miss Mousie had a longer run on this show than on the Muppet <laughs> show? How has she lasted three weeks of my life? I can't believe I skipped it back far enough to listen to do a little one step, two step again, considering I'd only just gotten it out of my head. <laughs> like the little earworm of just Bernadette Peters on her little like tippy toes going, do a little one step, two step. And I was like, <laughs> it's going to be in the head for the next three weeks for all of us again <laughs> yeah it's back again something else it's uh also unbearable is tiny tim being such a whiny whiny oh, little guy geez. it's not tiny tim it's robin yeah, we all know who lewis means <laughs> oh my god <laughs> sorry because i wrote i wrote in my notes robin is only bearable as tiny tim <laughs> so that's it. i wish it was tiny tim that would be better yeah what is the oh. characterization here <laughs> of, of the child yeah, frog whiny <laughs> so it's so whiny it's it's really giving um annoying child actor 
They've really captured that, I suppose. (laughs) I did love that in his little suitcase, he does have a straw boater. And I was like, cool, I do connect with um, packing useless shit on a The little knitted flipper slippers. The tiny flippers are so cute. They were cute. Literal props to the props team here because those they were like, we need this little throwaway gag. Um, and somebody was like, don't worry, I will spend the week making miniature frog clothes. <laughs> I'm now just picturing uh, a 1970s Rosie Fletcher, which is just <laughs> you, but just, I don't know, in flares, just like knit, knit, <laughs> knitting just in a corner. Just in bell bottoms. And probably also smoking, just going, fine. <laughs> I mean, just get... <laughs> Casting on <laughs> tiny flipper slippers. Flipper slippers. Yeah, it's so, like, other than the very cute accessories he's packing, this bit, especially of the runner, is really just irritating. And then when he ends up in the box, you can't help but feel like, good, stay yeah. in there. Leave him in there. <laughs> like... <laughs> yeah, you really don't want Throw your suitcase in the river. <laughs> <laughs> he's a frog, Lewis, he can swim. You'd be... Damn it! <laughs> You really don't want your characterization overshadowed by really cute tiny costumes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, a Piggy would never stand for that. She'd be like, these are too adorable, get them out of my shot. <laughs> I want only clothes of the proletariat. Just kidding, go on. Greys and browns. <laughs> What did you think of this little um, chicken piano number that we have (laughs) that immediately follows Robin's annoying scene? Yeah, I mean, it was quite funny to watch. And, you know, it's chickens playing a piano. Like, what else is there really to say? (laughs) It's chickens playing chopsticks. Like, I loved it. Like, this is just... This is what I come to the Muppet show for. If it's not, like, full-on proper songs and sketches, then just a little quick in out but it's funny like i like it i love it because it is the kind of idea that would i feel get like production noted out of existence really easily (laughs) so it'd be like we've got 45 seconds and somebody'd be like we should make some chickens play chopsticks and everyone goes that's hilarious and then you'd imagine the producers being like why do the chickens play chopsticks (laughs) um like how does this affect like can't we do this i'm sorry we have to like do some brand work instead but on the muppet show you can just be like this is a really silly idea. Let's do it. Keep <laughs> and, it in. Yeah, exactly. That it my my love of really stupid humor just really is like so fed by this. But yeah, like I mean I love the proper musical bits. I love the really good comedy sketches, but sometimes um I just want to see something stupid and this was it. Exactly. Exactly. It's I loved the slight kind of um it felt very much the kind of thing that you could see um, sitting on a uh, sort of Disney World boat ride that you would go past and Walt Disney Imagineering would have four chickens just like hitting hitting a little piano and you'd go past and go, oh, what a funny little detail. I mean, and this is like a, also ma- like you can totally draw the line between that and the stuff that the Muppets were doing on YouTube in the last decade where they'd be like, yes. It's Muppets singing Bohemian Rhapsody or yeah, like the chickens exactly. in the Muppet movie doing um, Forget You. You just go, yeah. yeah. It's very uh, YouTube 
pre-YouTube. Like, like the idea of just a very short, silly sketch that you can just be like, yep, done. Uh, Just a quick sidebar about Forget You here. Rich has taken to listening to Absolute Radio Naughties in the car. Don't know if anyone's been listening to it, but you're pulling a face. It's like the bangers of the Naughties on the uh, The the face is because I associate um, decade stations with like... The elderly. 50s and 60s. Oh no, like we're we're, we're way past like caring about that. That's fine. And the idea of a station that just plays landfill indie is like perfect to me. The idea of listening to the radio like what are you like i know what like if you're only in the car for like three minutes it's fine yeah i could listen to six minutes worth of a podcast in three minutes (laughs) (laughs) anyhow they played forget you and we were both just sat there like you know not really reacting and then rich just basically started clucking along as if he was a muppet chicken to it and then we just both did that the rest of the song and it was fantastic see that's what you're missing out on if you don't listen to decade radio stations <laughs> see my version of that would have been peter would have turned the radio on that would have started and then i would have just quietly reached over and turned the radio off and we would have driven home in silence like a very sad indie film <laughs> But also, like, an, another elderly couple who, like, have bitterly hated each other for 50 years of their marriage at this point. Like, I feel like it's the same difference, Lewis. You know, you're just not clucking along like Muppet chickens. <laughs> Cluck you. Like, just... <laughs> Cluck off. Um, from a pun as good as mine to... A no. Real... Oh. oh. To a real... Jeez. I don't know. Like, a real... Gum, shoe leather, cheap, literally, <laughs> like terrible. I think a very, very bad visit to a veterinarian's hospital. Apologies in advance, Emma, but why have we got to a point where we can no longer even think of animal puns? So we've just gone, I don't know, a shoe? <laughs> <laughs> so is the premise that they always have, a, and forgive me for showing my Muppet Show ignorance, that they have an animal and they make lots of puns around that animal, but they've to a season and a half in run out of animals. Yes, it's an improv game. Uh, okay, basically. okay, good. Thank you. This is where we are. So, so it could be a block of cheese, or you know, and we just okay. Pretty good. much, yeah. I mean, I, yeah. You, you say it's a bad visit to veterinarian's hospital, but, but we do begin with Miss Piggy using tongue depressors to pretend to be a walrus and/or vampire. Yeah, that's great. And that's a real highlight of the sketch for me. <laughs> I think it's all downhill from yeah, that, yeah. to be honest. I was going to say, I think that's probably the best bit. <laughs> so it's an unfortunately strong opener for such a bad yeah. Ben sketch. <laughs> for what's to come. Yeah, and to be fair, it was like, Rosie, usually when we um, cut to that opening, yeah. it's Miss Piggy huffing, huffing yeah, gas, gas in air. Like, yeah. she just is usually like huffing it and she like realises she's being caught and then like runs into the sketch. So to actually see her not, I don't know, <laughs> abusing abusing medical grade gas and air. Don't you think she'd maybe already taken the gas and air, which was why she was acting a bit funny and doing the tongue depressor walrus slash vampire? <laughs> like, I feel like maybe we'd missed a step this week. Yeah. She was already a step on. Yeah. Emma, what, what did you actually think, though, of these puns? Because I just, I don't think I laughed at all the entire sketch, other than a chuckle at Miss Piggy at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, there were so many really bad shoe puns. We had it all. We had like arsenic and old lace. We had he'll never walk alone. We had like the leather outside is frightful. Jeez. There was a lot. There was a lot. <laughs> 
They're so bad because, like, arsenic and old lace, I understand they're making a joke about laces. Like, I get it. But arsenic and old lace, like, you have... The point of a pun is you don't just you don't you have to have both halves, right? You have to have the shoe half and then whatever you're saying that sounds like a shoe makes sense. So like, you know, something you could say something about like uh if he's dying and something about his soul and you'd be like, I get it because we were in a, a hospital situation, but they were then just like, and here's the name of a movie. <laughs> okay, good, because I was genuinely having a bit of a breakdown being like, I get the old lace. But what the hell does the arsenic bit have to do with a shoe? And I was like, I think he says something about it being poisoned or something, so that he can, so that he can then just say like, and and now here's the reference to the movie, arsenic and old lace. Also, I tried to watch it on a plane once. I got about half an hour in, and even my tolerance with a long flight was like, pause. It's not the best, (laughs) to put it mildly. Yeah. 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 It was it was a real struggle. Like Cary Grant's great, but I was just like, God, what the hell is happening? Like, and then like some crazy general turned up, and I was like, ah. <laughs> as they all want to do in it seems any movie from nineteen thirty one to nineteen forty six. You can just say, don't worry, the major's here now, and somebody can march <laughs> yeah, in in full military or dress. Back up to your room, major. Like. I, mean, I suppose that stretches even further. I guess it goes at least until 1964 with Mary Poppins with the crazy old sea captain on the roof. So, yeah, there's a there's a, at least two decades of just crazy old men in military garb, like, bursting into a room and just going... Yeah, unbearable. Don't bother with arsenic and I just want to point out with this veterinarian's hospital that at the end the announcer does refer to Miss Piggy as Nurse Piggy again. So she obviously hasn't paid them off this week. She is back to Nurse Piggy. And I was like, okay, that's good. And it also shows that they did purposely put in Miss Piggy last week. So that's exciting. Jade, I genuinely still so impressed by your your catching that last week. I It's it's beyond my capabilities. <laughs> 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 Even sober, which uh, this is like a rarity for me that I'm doing this episode completely sober because I was so scared <laughs> that I was going to uh, screw this up in some way. If anything, now I know it's happening. I might just say that we all pause for two minutes while I go and get no. a, no, like, get a Jay's like, no. <laughs> the hell we are. I've just got visions of you getting up and immediately pulling all your wires out and us just being like, Lewis. Yeah. <laughs> Even in a wireless yeah. effort. Go, oh, <laughs> Although saying I would quite like to get a drink, I... I do wish I'd had a very strong oh. drink before. The oh shake um, of Arabic. I never thought I'd have, um, I'd be saying, come back, Sex in the City 2, all is forgiven. <laughs> this was diabolical. And to think that it was the extra treat they put in for UK viewers. <laughs> what did we do that week to deserve this? That's what I want to know. I, like, what? <laughs> I, what, I, it, what, 
why 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 the lady muppet got titties muppet tits it's like, like cats 2019 <laughs> when you're like what are some of these cats have human titties um like i don't like the way they're using clearly gay muppet uncle deadly for this like queer villain like queer coded villain thing didn't like no. that just didn't didn't like call edward said there's a lot of orientalism on <laughs> screen yeah i mean- because when it, I mean, when it started, I was briefly excited because it was going dun 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 dun, and I thought it was the song from Meet Me in St. Louis that Judy Garland and oh, what, Margaret O'Brien sing there, like yeah, yeah, no, nope. like the elephant walk or the cake or whatever it's called. And I was like, <gasps> and then it immediately pans down, and there was a veil, and I was like, oh no, Ooh. oh I guess maybe. And then she took off that veil, and there was some fuzzy Muppet titties, and I was like, oh no. It was the fact that she spent the majority of the song with her chest as far out as it could possibly go and her head thrown further back than is humanly possible, even for a Muppet, let's be honest. Like, I I mean, and the fact that this episode didn't have a warning before it. What what have you got to do to get a warning in front of an episode of The Muppet Show? This is... Oh well, my we god! We've had some in the past for like inappropriate, you know, cu- culturally yeah, outdated. Which shows. this yeah. is, or even just smoking. Yeah. And then in this, they're like, da 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 da. Like, <laughs> like, like this is culturally inappropriate, like culturally insensitive and weirdly sexy. But that's fine because Kermit the Frog's not smoking a cigar before. Unbelievable. <laughs> this would be where we need to cut in the clip of. Um, <laughs> do you think this is okay for the kids in the audience? Nah, yeah. it's all right. This is culture. <laughs> this is not culture. <laughs> This is, yeah, like, just so going, we've got to fill the extra time for the UK broadcast. Does anyone have any weirdly upsetting sexual orientalist sketches, Dan? And then just one upsetting new puppeteer just holds up a big titted muppet <laughs> going, I have an idea. <laughs> this is the other thing. It's Dave Goals puppeteering her. And like, I don't know, did he just feel like completely let loose because he wasn't doing gonzo and he had a woman famously such as restrained character (laughs) obviously not but this is like unhinged isn't it compared to like what gonzo gets up to yeah it's so weird it's it's also not even just like oh i don't like it because it's weirdly sexy and and orientalist but also it's like it's not no, good. it's terrible. <laughs> not to be like, and I'd forgive it if it were. But... <laughs> Look, we've all sat down and watched <laughs> The King and I once. Actually, actually, Rosie, you and I did go see it again. We did, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but you go, okay, well, uh, you know, chalk it up to as it's time. But, you know, there was a nice little song and dance routine instead of just like, well, this was a bad little song and dance routine. <laughs> I didn't also understand why suddenly near the end she got flung off camera and was suddenly crashing into stuff. Like, what? Like, why have you suddenly decided that this quite frankly terrible song but you know they weren't doing it in a particularly like oh it's all going wrong way and then suddenly it becomes oh i'm a goofy muppet like what no it doesn't make any sense at all whatsoever i love that on the muppet wiki the shake's wife character muppet has her own page of course (laughs) she's a link and you click on that it's like She's in this sketch and she's seen in the audience in another one. I'm like, I don't know if you needed to make that page. But like the idea that they're like, we've got to catalogue all the Muppets and we've got to make sure we include the Sheik's wife. 
and they do they have to like you know it's a very completist organization they are very you know they are an incredible resource but yes it does mean that some poor person did once have to sit there and get a screen grab of a big titted muppet and like build that little you know do the code to be like no it's so bad no no the only other thing i could think of is emma you know in um music and lyrics where there's that young oh, pop God. starlet who she decides to do a version yes. of Way Back Into Love. And it's just her going like, way back into love. And Drew Barrymore's like, what, you thought that was good? That, like, orgasming to the Gandhi soundtrack? <laughs> and that's all I could think of. It. <laughs> oh. Any excuse to bring up music and lyrics, which is, I think is a very unappreciated Absolutely. Uh, 2000s rom-com. It's very good. <laughs> Why would there be a clown above your bed? <laughs> So we go from that absolute, like, obscene madness to <laughs> Sam the Eagle with his little fable, the ant and the grasshopper. And I loved this because I love the fact that he came on all serious and was like, right, here we go. This is going to be a moral tale for you all. Sets it all up. We see the ant and the grasshopper and we're like, okay, where is this going? And he's like, the grasshopper is lazy and shocking the ant is like doing loads of toil and labor and go ant and then it kind of ends and someone's basically changed the ending of his story and he says the ant gets stepped on and then the grasshopper goes in a like fast car to florida and then that's the end (laughs) i really loved his reactions to yeah telling telling the story but then commenting on it himself like when he was like oh the ant is a wonderful character and then like (laughs) and you know he can't help himself but call the grasshopper like lazy and pleasure loving it's like it's just so sam the eagle it's so so good i love it my favorite was complimenting the The winter (laughs) yes very nice (laughs) very nice (laughs) it was just something yeah i love i wrote that as well it was like winter came and he was like very nice I really enjoyed it. The one thing that I just sort of questioned was when that foot came down on the Anne, it was so Terry Gilliam that I was a bit like, like, yeah. <laughs> but that's like, because <laughs> that has... it put you in mind of Monty Python <laughs> or Terry Gilliam. Well, yeah, because like that's such a like classic. I mean, it's a Python thing, but it's such a classic like Terry Gilliam thing that I was just a bit like oh, I wish you hadn't done that because I just, like, yeah. I've sat in front of him in a cinema before and that was equally not very nice. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah I just don't really like him as a person. Um, yeah, but I did enjoy it, like, because I, I, I think it's it's another use of Sam the Eagle that makes sense that he would want to be telling an Aesop fable. Like, that's what he wants to do and that it's been thwarted because behind his back they've changed it so it's a different ending. I guess so. I think I was a little bit less keen on this. I really love Sam the Eagle. And I think I kind of like him when he's, I don't know, more hoisted by his own petard, if you know what I mean, if he's making a a speech on like moral failings, rather than this kind of very sedate kind of fable. And then, I don't know, just because I didn't feel like the, the twist and the reveal was good enough because he's just reading it out of a book and then it happens. Whereas... If he's trying to do a speech and keep things on track and everything's going wrong behind him, it didn't quite land for me as I wanted it to. Like, I I did like the little grasshopper mini, mini puppet. I thought he was very cute. And there was a little moment where Sam passed judgment on the on the little grasshopper and the, he, like, turned around and looked at him and then, like, bobbled off a bit more. But 
it it just didn't quite fully land for me this one because I love Sam the Eagle. I think I love him more when he's just giving like little asides or just like in full judgment mode. Yeah, this just didn't quite work for me, this one. Rosie, how did you find it? Um, so mainly I was having flashbacks to my year six uh, end of year play in which we presented this fable in French and I was the ant. And for my little antennae, I had, you know, those black plastic things you um, use to bind paper where it's got all the little holes in it oh, and yeah. it flips through. I had two of those attached to my head to be little ant antennae. I found it uh, humiliating to be a French ant. La ant. La ant. Uh, so mainly I was thinking about that. I, I have to say I liked it. I like there's something about the way Sam, he loves things going well and properly so much that he often, like the fact that he does these little asides where he goes, hmm, very nice. Like technically, isn't then taking away from the fact that he's doing this presentation, but he like he likes things going well so much, yeah. or like he thinks things done properly so much that he then doesn't do things prop. Like I don't know, he has this like meta commentary on on you know the I've been meaning to fix that shelf. There's something about he he can't just stand there and like he's always over like thinking beyond the situation. There's like this meta thing of him being like, not only do I want to do this but I have to tell everybody that it's going well. And I find that really charming, that it's not just the straightforward yeah. thing, but it's like, mm, yeah, very good, you know. <laughs> it's the Muppet Family Christmas that is nothing sacred. <laughs> yes. Like, he's he's kind of, like, obviously he's he's kind of a terrible stick in the mud, and yet I really like him. <laughs> and it's not, not just because it's funny, but because there's something, like, when he he really likes things when they're done properly and you're like i i mean i have to agree <laughs> the fact that yeah he, he kind of like will be muttering these asides about like how the situation is going at hand that is uh, incredibly charming he is i do love sam the eagle i just i don't know i think i always turn off at a fable i think the problem <laughs> is is that this the change is in his book so it's like did, yes, what, that's like, yeah. you don't see somebody like drop the paper he's reading cards and the cards get dropped and he gets the wrong card or you see somebody give him like why does he not know that's going to happen I mean I didn't mind it because I was just so like yeah. okay <laughs> that's weird I guess yeah. and it's not too then like they get the change you know the he drives off Florida and gets squished and you get Sam being angry about it or perturbed but it's not then like then you get the second half of the sketch where it's like, oh no, this isn't what I wanted. Yeah. They're pretty in and out with that, so I found it okay. But yeah, you do go like, what is this copy of Aesop's Fables he's reading? Yeah. Like, why didn't the grasshopper actor, like, instead Richard just drive Hunt. on? To... No, I mean, no, I mean, the in no, world. I mean, in the reality. The... <laughs> Stay with me here. <laughs> the actor, grasshopper, who is playing grasshopper. <laughs> Why did he not like grasshopper decide... as grasshopper? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As himself, um, drive on in his little convertible and say, "I'm not dying. Yeah. I'm going to Florida." And then he drives off. And then the act, the ant actor playing ant, walks on, going, "I can't believe I spent weeks and weeks learning my part." And blah. and then pff, yeah. he gets squished. And then Sam has to then try and recover, it, going, "Well, I, I guess that sometimes work doesn't." you know like work doesn't pay and then people can just do what they want and we need to cut this get it that and then you like close a curtain or something like i don't know i i think that's kind of just what i wanted more rather than just a and then he went to florida (laughs) (laughs) no i know what you mean like i do i think the there was something that was a little bit off it just needed i say it needs a second pass this script yeah 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 
It was quite funny, though, that he then ended up in Stoutner and Waldorf's box as well to tell them off. <laughs> and then they're just getting harassed by Frank Orr's characters <laughs> this evening. Like, that's, that's pretty funny. So from Grasshopper's Grasshopper to uh, Bernadette getting ready for whatever her next act or number is, um, taking a child, telling her they're going to run away, very much in her stride, <laughs> just... <laughs> Oh, why are you running away? <laughs> just, just, yeah. The very Trixie Mattel energy in that moment where she's just like, oh, just, she really didn't mind at all that, like, much like the rest of us who had either not noticed that Robin had been gone or didn't care, was just like, oh, why are you running away? <laughs> she's not bothered. She doesn't she's not. care. Yeah, she's just there. She's, she's this week's guest. She's not getting involved. You know, if he wants to run away. He can run away. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm sorry you're running away, Roger. Just goes back to brush their head. <laughs> Goodbye, Robert. <laughs> I really liked this song, Just One Person. It was yeah. so sweet. It's yes. so cute. It's so I, cute. It's beautiful. All the way through, I'd been like, this damn baby frog, like, what? what oh, he's whinging. And then, and then it was like, incredibly moving the way she you know she, she said you know, just one person and then a couple more muppets come in and then the room is full of it's like the end of flipping christmas carol muppets as far as the eye can see <laughs> all singing and saying you know if there were a hundred people in the room and 99 people 99 muppets for a hundred muppets in the room and 99 of them don't believe in you you only need one just one person to believe in you sung by Bernadette peters robin You've got to believe in yourself. If just one person believes in you, deep enough and strong enough, believes in you, hard enough and long enough, before you knew it, someone else would think, if he can do it, I can do it. Making it two whole people who believe in you. Deep enough and strong enough believe in you. Hard enough and long enough. There's bound to be some other person who believes in making it a threesome. Making it three. such a nice muppety kind of song a message though isn't it and mm. it is a, a muppet original no it's song, not a muppet original it? song it's from snoopy is the it musical not? yeah oh um right. but yeah. it did really yeah really <laughs> really from as in oh just from like one of the snoopy cartoons no it's from a stage show that was called snoopy three exclamation marks the musical <laughs> <laughs> But not your Charlie, Charlie Brown. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Because I once again, I'd say, what what LPs did well, this Jim was a brand new show? So I think like... this, I think this show had was like oh. probably on still at the point that like they were doing this. So and I see. I did. Sorry, like <laughs> I realized for everyone listening, this is not three weeks ago, but. Just to say that um, in our first recording, you obviously made that point about the LPs. I think it's more that Jim Henson was just a massive Broadway fan. Like he went to the theatre like yeah. constantly and saw everything. So 
all of these like random shows that now we're like, what the hell is No No Nanette or whatever. Like <laughs> he probably <laughs> had been no, like no, no. several times because he just went to everything. <laughs> he even went and saw Yes yeah. Yes Yvette to the sequel. <laughs> <laughs> I love Hannah Gadsby. <laughs> yeah, so 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 yeah, so this is this was from Snoopy the Musical, but then they did Snoopsicle. it with Bernadette Peters. Was that? I just said I just shouted the word Snoopsicle. So apparently, Snoopsicle. So apparently I have had a drink. I don't know. Just, just... <laughs> um but yeah, so then it it's become like a Muppet slash Sesame Street standard. They've done it a lot of times. Um, they did it at the Jim Henson Memorial, and they also did it at the Muppets Celebrate Jim Henson as well. And Almo's done it, and I think Big Bird's done it, and everyone's done it. Like it's just a classic Muppet family tune. Yeah. Rosie, the Jim Henson Memorial is the longest bangers. Yeah, like the long. <laughs> oh no, I'm aware of its yeah, work. Yeah, but it's. <laughs> I don't think I quite realize it's it's a long like. It's a f- and they hadn't even written Muppet Treasure Island <laughs> by then. So imagine the songs they weren't singing. And also, will you sing Professional Pirate at my funeral? <laughs> <laughs> I literally like like Jenna Maroney just pull a, a, a handheld mic out of my clutch purse and then just start singing around your coffin. <laughs> or at you don't your have wedding, to wear could we do Love Letters here, but you and me do it? So As you... our corpses? Just, no, or am wedding. I attached to your corpse? I'm saying at a wedding. I for some reason sing a, sing a song with one of the grooms. We sing a duet. I'm so... <laughs> Excuse me, Peter. Excuse me, Peter, one moment. Right, sorry. So they do this at the... They do... They do this at the um, twenty-four hour Jim Hensonathon memorial. Yeah, they they did it there, and they did it for the Muppets celebrate Jim Henson as well, which was the special of. Um, I'm sure you've probably all seen the clips oh, where so they sad. get the letter to say that Jim Henson's passed away, and the Muppets are like, "We don't know I'm... him. We wanted to get to know <laughs> him," and it's like oh, absolutely <laughs> devastating. I mean, we only joke about the length of the Jim Henson Memorial only so we don't actually think about how sad the Jim Henson Memorial yeah, is. Yeah, because it's just so sad. Oh yeah, it's like you know, a Big Bird <laughs> trying to being... understand <laughs> why Mister Hopper isn't coming I mean, back. And then just Big Bird singing, "It's not that easy being green," and you can hear Carol Spinney crying inside Big Bird, and it's just like, oh god! Like, imagine actually being <laughs> at that memorial. You'd be so dehydrated from tears by the end. <laughs> like you would be like people were collapsing. <laughs> They'd be able to wring out the suit afterwards, <laughs> and then suddenly see you, and it looked like you were throttling <laughs> Big Bird. <laughs> I'm just choking that bird to death. (laughs) Birding the bird to death. Birds. Birds. Um, just well, not you've already brought the mood back up, but uh, just to bring the mood back up slightly. Did anyone else question what the hell Robin was meant to be on before Bernadette Peters scooped him up and put him on the table at the start of this? Because yeah, you know when you just have to not think about what the Muppets are standing. He was clearly hovering. Maybe the table had a drawer and he was in the drawer. Maybe he was sitting on a little compact or something. (laughs) There was nothing. Nothing. And then she scooped him up and put him on the table. And I was like, Yeah, and then when you look at the picture of, uh, like, when they're all, which I am doing right now, as you can see the way I've leaned in, is that the, the, when they're all in there, like, don't think about how Miss Mousy's legs are three feet (laughs) long. Yeah. Like a a flamingo. 
<laughs> she's a horrible bird mouse hybrid. Oh. She just rises up on <laughs> horrible Muppet legs. Um, yeah, and you're like, hang on, but if you're that tall and he's he's wearing a suit, so he's got legs, but you're a mouse. Well, it's like that sort of, you know, the, the whimsy of watching, you know, Kermit or any of the Muppets ride a bicycle. And you go, oh, what whimsy. And then you'll see them later on in the Muppet movie, like, standing on the floor. And you're like, but... Like, but 15 minutes ago, you were the, you were shoulder height with these people. And now you're like at crotch level, like looking up at them in a little cowboy outfit being like, hey. Yeah, when they've got the human dressed as Miss Biggie on roller skates. <laughs> oh, oh, <God>. Shot from afar. <laughs> Not Jason far enough. <laughs> they needed Emma's camera. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Emma, seriously, at this point, it's like you're just disappear. Like, <laughs> it's like you're in Back to the Future. Yeah, and like, <laughs> like your photo is dissolving. <laughs> You've given your future, like your past self, the sports almanac, and now you're just like fading into like. You're non-existent. dealing with the consequences of that. <laughs> if Emma, if there was anybody on this podcast who would be least likely to be Biff Tannen, it would be Emma. Like. Like there is no like I'm trying to think who, if anybody, would be in Back to the Future. And I keep thinking maybe like Einstein the dog only because it's like unwittingly put into the time machine but is brought back and then put in like suspended animation and they're like the dog's fine. I would be when Michael J. Fox is dressed as a girl to play his daughter. <laughs> oh my god. Mom, mom is that you? <laughs> Uh, but anyway just one person is adorable it's so sweet it's so cute i was so excited when they all kept coming out with the one person two person three person like it's just adorable he's a little person (laughs) (laughs) she she loves counting she She a little muppet two pit three pit Okay. And he looked so happy at the end when she kissed him. Like, I don't think I've ever seen any of the Muppets ever look as happy as Robin looked. Then he looked like he was just like, I wrote elated. I don't know. You've forgotten the lust between Animal and Rita Moreno. Like, no, but that was pure, like, sexual energy. Like, that was like, not like an if, but a when. Like, two seconds time. I I love, in a a non sexual way, the when when Muppets, like, get a little peck from a human and they're like, and it's it's like a very, very chaste, romantic, like, childlike thing that I find that extremely adorable. When they yeah, interact. this was not that. Yeah, this <laughs> in, was the, from the, the sounds of it. <laughs> like, if anything, it's so good. I kind of wish, uh, <laughs> you know, in the, the 2019 West Side Story, where you have Rita Moreno playing, like, uh, <laughs> Doc's wife. I kind of wish in the one photoshopped picture they had, <laughs> Doc was just, like, an elderly-looking animal. Just, like... <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> with, with no further explanation. <laughs> Just, maybe we, but maybe then in the background we just have one jet or shark who's also a muppet, and like, <laughs> and nobody mentions it the entire time, and it's all just done completely straight. Except there's just one little muppet at the back going, and maybe Ansel Elgort's like learnt to play the drums really well or something. <laughs> Oh my god, that's what we need to do. We just re- replace Ansel Elgort and they just super- <laughs> they just put in a Muppet. It's just like, a Muppet. Just like one of the generic like person Muppets that you get like on Sesame Street. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. You okay, Sorry. Lewis? 
I don't know. I just can really clearly picture like an old happy animal just standing outside his shop with a shockery emerald on. Like nobody questions it until like she clutches a picture of him and everybody's like, "Yep, that was Doc." (laughs) (sighs) Gang warfare, gang warfare. I'm not gonna go and watch the Rita Moreno episode, obviously, but like take a damn flannel with oh, you me. Should it's very good. Rita's episode's great. <laughs> yeah, something... you you will definitely need a yeah, it's <laughs> something something nice and cooling by the end of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so in the next sketch, am I allowed to yeah. guess? Just get started. She's like, this conversation's over. I'm bored of talking about this. <laughs> My... Look, you have 10 years of podcast experience. You know how to move that. <laughs> this is true. I've, I've done live radio. <laughs> we've, all sw- we've all sworn on student radio. Oh, no, you've done real radio. I've only done student radio. <laughs> they don't let you just talk about Rita Marino for an animal on radio before. <laughs> Sorry, you said swearing. Sorry. They're lost. <laughs> my, my main takeaway from this little Swedish chef sketch was how much the chicken puppets have come along in the last decades because some of these chickens were a little baggy around the head and Camilla would this, never... Uh, this chicken did look particularly strange to me. The okay. eye placement was really yeah. weird. I'm glad because yeah. this one really was like, this is wrong. And then when yeah. I rewatched it, the chopsticks chickens were more... Yeah, they're normal, those chickeny. Um Without sounding too grim, do you think there's maybe some sort of thing in the Muppet world where the Muppet, the chickens that show have brighter eyes and show promise and can play the piano live and the ones that don't are killed and turn into sandwiches that you then serve to Peter. Bernadette Peters at the opening of this episode. They're like, it's kind of like a, um, a Huxley, like brave new, yeah. <laughs> bark new world. It makes me think of the uh, episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, where they go back and they're all bl- uh, blue screened into a um, original series episode, but the Klingons in the original series had very different prosthetics. <laughs> And uh, at one point, one of them just looks at Worf, who's like modern Klingons, and says, uh, so what happened? And he says, we don't like to talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) What I think happened to the Muppet chickens. We don't like to talk about it. We ate them. (laughs) (laughs) We ate them all. Yeah, this is, I mean, Emma, thoughts on this Swedish chef sketch? Like, did you like it? Did you not? How did it rate compared to... You know, others that we've had of its ilk. Yeah, I mean, it was okay. It was kind of like short and sweet. It probably wasn't one of the best that we've seen over the two series. Like some of the ones, especially in like uh, series one, were pretty kind of out there and crazy. Whereas an exploding chicken is kind of like here nor there at this point with Swedish Chef. Yeah, I kind of like it more when he has a firearm rather than the thing just exploding. Like <laughs> Swedish Chef just like shooting, shooting ingredients. <laughs> out of the sky is pretty good <laughs> i was a bit like okay this is fine like whatever until i found out that the title of the sketch is bomb egg and then i just thought that was hilarious like why is it just called bomb egg like that is just, <laughs> just... hours they spent on that yeah, yeah most of the titles are sort of <laughs> vaguely I mean, they're not like puns or anything, but they're like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, that's Egg bomb is right there. <laughs> yeah, bomb, egg bomb, egg, egg bomb. Explosion. Oh, yeah, right. Egg, explosion. <laughs> it's just... Oh, you know what we should just call it? Bomb, bomb egg. egg. Yeah, that'll do. 
from the people yeah. that brought you the shoe sketch in Veterinarian's Hospital. Exactly. Bomb egg. <laughs> it's bomb egg. Yeah. However, I can't judge these writers too harshly because they've brought my... Hold on, before we do that, this is where a bit of backstage is missing, so we just need to cover that. Oh. Oh, yeah. You still haven't watched it, have you? Oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you wouldn't have. <laughs> we had three weeks. Yep, we did. And I forgot, and it was 50 seconds long. I yep. didn't watch it again. I'd just like to remind you, I, I contracted and recovered from a pandemic disease in that time, Lewis. But sure, don't watch your 50 second YouTube clip. I have to turn the light on. I'm beginning to look like uh, the demon from The Exorcist. Oh yeah, please do. <laughs> the Exorcist. Um, okay, well, I'll just stay quiet during this next discussion. <laughs> then I'll just sit well, here quiet. I don't, it's, not, it's not probably going to be much of a discussion. I just wanted to say that this, so after Swedish Chef and before Muppet Labs, this is where you get the bit of backstage story that's missing, which is basically... Robin saying that he wants to do the song they call the wind Maria um, from Paint Your Wagon. <laughs> yep. It's called what? <laughs> they call... <laughs> Lewis is how's that? How's that the bit that's got to you from this episode? You, we just had bomb egg and you can't get the bit. Bomb egg. They call the wind. Also... They call the wind Maria. <laughs> like the most stupid fictional non-existent musical song i have to say paint your wagon always sounds to me like a a a musical that i understand exists but i think only exists as the name of a musical one would say like i don't believe the show exists (laughs) it's a punchline yes 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 well he was back back in high school i was the lead in paint your wagon you know (laughs) she was kinky boots Oh my god. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, that's just like, you know, the, the episode of The Good Life where Margot is in the musical theatre society and they're doing the sound of music and <laughs> they don't let you actually see the performance, but Jerry, Tom, and Barbara come home and, and Felicity Kendall asks, Why did Margot start singing Maria? <laughs> like, well, that's her character's name. Like, Isn't that from West Side? <laughs> Mrs. Dooms Patterson. <laughs> Aren't those supposed to be Edelweiss? See, I told you, Barbara's noticed. <laughs> oh my god. Right, okay, now I'll shut up and you guys can talk about this stupid song. Well, so, so Robin asked to do <laughs> They Call the Wind Maria. Kermit tells him no, and he threatens to call Robin's dad. And then I think they sort of leave it that Robin is going to do a song but he's going to do another song, which is I'm Five, which he then does after the Muppet Lab sketch. So for those of us who have watched it... <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, I've started laughing because I've just found out what the name of the album is that I'm Five is originally on. <laughs> it's called... What's it from? Mommy, give me a drink of water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what musicals I'm Five from? No. Oh. Is that the Danny Kay album? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. And was included. Oh, God. Barbara Streisand recorded it as well. Yeah, lo- loads of people have done I'm Five. Yeah. So, well, you can get to I'm Five in a minute after Muppet Labs. If Lewis can. Uh... Well, I also haven't seen. I also haven't watched that either. What? 
Well, you, you've watched Muppet Labs. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah, my yeah. Of course I've watched Muppet Labs because my son is back again for the first time this season since well, his introduction. Oh, he's, he's still mostly silent, bless him, apart from a couple of meeps. But I love him so much. And there's just so much character in him already. Just like the way his little nervous hands go and the way he just takes off his little, <laughs> his own little um, Dom DeLuise fright wig that apparently he has made an active choice to commit to. And then his little like look off camera to be like, oh, I don't know. And then, I mean, the only thing that didn't quite work in the puppeteering for me was the part when um, Beaker is meant to be drinking this... Um, Bunsonium. Bunsonium. And by an unfortunate like combination of the camera and the straw, it does just look like he's doing like a fat line of, of whatever is in this my Bunsonium instead of... Going like, and then his like face collapses. And I was like, "This is what they did. Like, this is your body on drugs." <laughs> and what it actually is is the puppeteer slowly removing their hand. <laughs> so I think it's actually a different. It's oh, a different okay, puppet. Okay, because I, I wasn't. Yeah, they do a cut because it doesn't have the mouth flap. Yeah. Uh, I didn't get Beaker for the first like twenty-seven years of my life. Did not really care for him. Found him a little. Rosie, weird. how have we been friends? I am Beaker. But then. <laughs> I went to uh, sing along a Muppet Christmas Carol, and um, you got to sing along, but also there are a couple of lines you got to shout, like how would the bookkeepers like to find themselves suddenly unemployed? And then there was the everybody coughed along with Tiny Tim, and then <laughs> was that twenty twenty by any chance? <laughs> Yo, maybe they weren't joining in. But, um, but then it was when I realized people were doing me 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 mamu. <laughs> Along with the, this, that is an exact line. That's not just a meep meep. He has that exact line in Muppet Christmas yeah, Carol. Mr. Scrooge, I presume. <laughs> and everyone did that, and I was like, "Oh, I think I understand Beaker." And then he gave his red scarf to um, Scrooge, and uh, my dad cries every year. And I was like, "This is the greatest Muppet." And he doesn't have. Oh my god! Just... Maybe one Christmas I just turn up with a. <laughs> like an orange nose and my hair like all scrunch up and I just hand your dad a scarf and just go meow, 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 oh he, like... he he dissolve <laughs> into the... we can we can make that happen <laughs> I've got big glasses and small eyes I can be <laughs> Bunsen like, why what's Ronnie Barker doing here <laughs> 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 Ronnie Barker and Beaker actually <laughs> uh, it, it's a lot better when they if, if you did have they call the wind Maria or whatever Goddamn song is because otherwise you go from bomb egg straight to deflate head, and there's quite like I feel like I wouldn't schedule Swedish Chef right next to Muppet um, Labs or whatever. Yeah, called. Like, if you like chaos, you'll love <laughs> chaos. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You'd be like, well, we'll put a little bit of the baby baby frog in the middle. Yeah, I think like I mean. It would be better to have it broken up. And the fact that you go from bomb egg into Bunsonium into Muppet Newsflash, which is just simply the I enormous... Loved, I know we'll get to it. Uh, well, you'll get yeah. to it after I'm fine. But <laughs> I did love that Muppet Newsflash. That was great. <laughs> but it's, it is, it's it's pure Muppet chaos. Yeah. Like yeah. Un, unfiltered. Yeah. This is chaos Muppets wandered. Yeah. 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 I agree with everything you said, Lewis, about Beaker. Like, there's so much character there. And the way that he kept, like, 
batting the Bunsonium back and forth and the drumming the fingers on the table and he was like sighing and uh, it was just perfect. Like Richard Hunt has already got the character completely spot on. This is literally the second time we've met Beaker. It's crazy to me that it's so great just straight off the bat like he's and I love him <laughs> he's fully there it's amazing I was a little bit concerned about the let's find a bicycle pump ending like is that genuinely like if Beaker's a bit down does, does Dr. Bunsen just like like pump him up a little bit with a bicycle pump like it's just just a visual Look, I wasn't prepared I'm for I'm hurtling <laughs> towards 30 in the next few weeks whatever's gonna keep this fresh and like fresh and whatever like you know, if we just get a little bicycle pump in there, it'll be fine. That's fine. You can do the bicycle pump, okay? <laughs> Filled with Botox. No, just, just the bicycle pump. Filled with air. One Nicole Kidman, please. And I just go... No. Fill her up. <laughs> Look, she goes to that place for magic. <laughs> Which I mean, her injectables doctor. Yeah. Not AMC theatres. Okay, so do you kids want to talk about I'm Five from... Give me a drink of water, mama, or whatever it was. <laughs> it's not that aggressive. <laughs> what was it, sorry? I don't know. Uh, m- mommy, give me a drink of water. Not happy about having so said it. So it wasn't that different. <laughs> uh, so this one, we couldn't watch at all, I think. Is this the one that they just don't have? So I'm Five isn't in the episode, but it is on YouTube. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm five, I'm five, I'm a big frog now, I'm five. I can dress myself, I don't need mum to help me anymore. And when I sit in my father's chair, my feet can reach the floor. Almost, I'm five, I'm five, I'm a big frog now, I'm five. My mother doesn't spank me just for going without a hat. She knows darn well I'd run away, cause I'm too old for that. What does she think, I'm three? Not me. What does she think, I'm four? I'm more than four. I'm even more than four and a half. I'm five. Next month. Now for my next number. Away out here, they've got a name for wind and rain and fire. Robin sings I'm five because that's what Kermit has given him permission to sing. And then at the very end of it, he tags on a couple of bars of they call the wind Maria. Um, Oh my God. It's like Robin is Elvis and Kermit the Frog is Tom Hanks being that crazy like (laughs) Eastern European colonel being like, you sing the Christmas song. And he's like, I'm going to be sexy. Except it's the Muppet show and it's Robin. I don't think it's anything like that, but I really appreciate <laughs> you trying to make a comparison to a modern film. Considering he's not even watched Robin singing I'm Fine. But I have watched all two and a half hours of Elvis, so who's the real winner? <laughs> uh, well, not you, because one of your favourite things happens at the end of I'm Five, which is... So he sings the few bars of They Call the Wind Maria and he gets hoiked off by a, a cane. <gasps> no! So, yeah, Mr. Big Cane comes that, back! Lewis. No, that's one of my dreams. I want to be hoiked off stage by a really big cane. Yeah. Okay, well maybe I'll I'll look it up for that. You should. You should. I like I thought Robin singing I'm 5 was 
perfectly cute and fine. He looked so tiny in that big armchair. Like, it's... it I, Of all of the, like... <laughs> You know, like we were talking before about him on the floor and it, us just finding that a little bit strange and like the hovering before he gets scooped up by Bernadette Peters. But like this kind of works because he's just perched on the edge of the chair and he looks so small. Doing a Ronnie Corbett monologue. Yeah. <laughs> 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 he never did that, so I don't know why. <laughs> Yeah, what what did you both think of it? Yeah, I thought it was quite sweet. I thought it was a shame, though, that obviously in the Disney Plus version, they cut that all out. Mm. Because, to be honest, it means that the rest of the stuff with Robin doesn't really make any sense if you're just seeing it for the first time. So, Well, you say that. However, it does... Well, it does still kind of resolve. He wants to run away. Yeah. And then and they sing just, yeah. he doesn't. And then we just lose a secondary plot where he's then like, okay, I'm not going to run away. Give me a song. I suppose. Well, but at the start of the episode, he has said, like, I like I want to get on stage. Like, that's what he's trying yeah. to get the courage up to say to Kermit. And then he decides he's going to uh, run away yeah. because he's being ignored. So I feel like it does sort of still leave. But then he's not ignored anymore because all the people are there. But yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah. So do we know why this is cut? Is it just purely a rights? I'm going to guess it's a rights thing. And I don't know if it's a rights thing around I'm Five or whether it's a rights thing around They Call the Wind Maria. <laughs> I, I just wanted to say Which the name is ridiculous again. considering we've had Beatles songs on here. Like, sung by Muppets in, like, original uh, sort of compositions. Yeah. But we have had Beatles music on but here. But it might be that it's, like, the case that the rights, like, they're just saying no, rather than it being, like, a money issue. Do you know? Like... Maybe Maria said... <laughs> maybe Maria declined. <laughs> what? The wind? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. It is really interesting having looked at because this is one of the episodes that has the most emissions uh, on mm. Disney Plus. I mean, there are couples just aren't on. Like, I think Brooke Shields is yeah is missing. Just the whole thing. I mean, I I understand there's another one that's not on there for different reasons, but there's hers isn't on there for rights reasons. But then, yeah, this is what it, I'm both impressed that so many episodes are intact because this is exactly yeah, the kind of thing exactly. where you'd be like, because oh, they I know that the dvds they did in the, like the last decade and um, w- one of the things that held them up was a lot of the right stuff and so it's both impressive that they've got as much as they have and then you go but you couldn't get the they call the wind were like what like you couldn't get the two songs that robin the frog wants to do <laughs> i like the idea that whoever's like having to clear the rights for every episode doesn't like robin and just went fuck it <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, the people from They <laughs> yeah, Call the Wind Maria were like, of course! And he just, like, pressed in his little box, declined. No. <laughs> <laughs> he just deleted that email. Right? Yeah. yeah, literally, that I've used that excuse before. It's like, can't find it in my inbox. <laughs> can't find no, it. sorry. I can't see it anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> they, call them, they call the wind deleted. <laughs> yeah, it is a bit weird, because it does mean that you don't get any backstage business from... No, literally from the Bernadette D- Peters backstage scene until the the closing yeah. the closing in front of the yeah. curtain. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's it then. Yeah. And it's weird because I, I think of The Muppet Show as being a show that is almost half and half. I mean, I know it's not actually that much, even if you had this back in, but that you lose so much backstage business feels very on the Muppet. It does. Yeah. yeah. It is weird. It's It's really strange when they... We had it with the first episode of 
this season as well where they had to cut backstage and the number because they ran into each other and it's just like it just really they did a side they did like a, a, a swipe. side wipe yeah just to be like and that's the end <laughs> <laughs> goodbye be like, oh, wait, what happened <laughs> like, <laughs> like as if there'd been some sort of like dreadful murder or something <laughs> like scooter had like ran somebody over with his car in the back of a scene of course you'd say it was scooter <laughs> They had to do like one a really awkward like pan zoom to <laughs> yeah. hide half the frame, <laughs> like the opposite of the remastered Buffy's where you can see all the cream in the corner. <laughs> they, they converted it to widescreen. They were like, Ugh. <laughs> actually, we've cut half the Muppets. <laughs> Let's move on to your dear friend Applejack. Oh <laughs> <laughs> no! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> 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 Applejack. That's what I was referring to, isn't it? I'm so confused. <laughs> Sorry. The bumpkin muppets, like it's just. <laughs> uh, oh dear. No, because the newsreader's not my friend. I just said he's like weirdly the muppet I find most conventionally attractive. <laughs> Okay, that's messed up. Man. Look, some weirdo, some freak in 1979 built a Muppet with tits. All I'm saying is like a, a newsreader yeah, in a suit normal. and glasses with a strong nose. Like, you know, it's like it's like if you did a Muppet cartoon parody of Adam Driver. You know what I mean? Like, it's like... I was going to say, you've... <laughs> I was gonna say you've made a compelling argument and then I opened the picture and it's... <laughs> genuinely unsettling i think mainly because the way this picture is cropped and he's wearing a suit and tie so it looks like a human body with a muppet face yeah and that's i mean sure um yeah and then he gets the whole it is the newsman sketch the whole point is that he tries to read the news and gets no this is one of the first times we've had like a muppet news flash that feels like what i expected a muppet news flash to be interestingly Oh, because I think it's Muppet Family Christmas barometers sharply. are falling sharply, exactly. and then let's but actually previously they used to be used as an addition. Like mainly, we've seen him as a a, a sketch that includes the guest. Well, that yeah, well, season for one. Season one, they would have, they would have. Oh, okay, so weekend update. Yeah, well, as a kind sort of, of like picture in picture, kind being of. like a oh, I'm jogging for such and such, or I'm a satellite, or whatever. They were never very good. Yeah, and then in this, and then, and then <laughs> yeah. his would be sort of like slightly sort of like long-winded jokes with bad punchlines this is the first one where literally it was just sort of like boom done and i loved it we had the muppet news flash run that was a literal flash it was an explosion which yeah, i guess is similar to this but i prefer I, I love a big prop yeah but i just mean like i feel like we've moved in this direction yeah it's not like this is- i love things that are meant to be heavy but the clothing on heavy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Jack's a really good song. Dolly! It's Dolly Parton. Exactly. I was like, this is Dolly. It is Dolly. However, we have been tainted so much by these bumpkin Muppets, Rosie. Like, 
when oh, it... I'm so sorry. I think what Lubbock Lou and his jug huggers. <laughs> See, but but Lewis, this is the th- jug huggers is my um startup for bras for large chested women. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll find uh, Lewis. Actually, these are the second yes. uh, jug band. <laughs> exactly. This is what Rosie. We've sat through so many variations of bloody jug bands and like toothless bearded um actual <laughs> beated muppet who stomped can't, in no, wet don't talk mud, about the mud. don't talk about the mud oh god don't talk about the feet in the mud but i like i actually think these ones they've in a way they've almost sort of disneyfied the jug band yeah like, like these, these ones are not on crack like no, yeah, these <laughs> ones are not these ones aren't like oh my god you get like a hard-hitting news report about like drug addiction in apple exactly, exactly this is like a tourist <laughs> yeah. version yeah this is very much frontier land uh disneyland yeah. paris these are by the buffet like <laughs> yes <laughs> i sort of thought well the first time, okay, so I've now watched this episode three times, and the first two times I was just sort of charmed by. Well, I think the first thing to say is I was shocked at Bernadette's southern singing voice because I didn't know she could do that. Although, of course, she can do that because she can do anything. But then I was just sort of charmed at how much she seemed to be enjoying herself and the way that she was like interacting with the jug band, I thought was very sweet. But then the third time I watched it today, I was just like, oh, the staging is just so boring and it's so static. And like, they could have, like, I feel like if they still wanted to do this song, they like could have just done so much more with it. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't get, with Bernadette Peters, we don't have anything that alludes to Broadway in any way over this episode whatsoever. You know, when we've had like Ben Vereen and we've had um, Joel Grey, They've at least done one number where it's like a city street or just, you know, razzle dazzle. And with Bernadette Peters, we put her in a white, a a white void with trees and then down country. Like, I'm just like, it's Bernadette Peters. Do you know? Yeah, there's nothing. She could be any other guest who can sing. Exactly. They aren't showing her off as Bernadette Peters. I mean, she's wonderful. She All of her performances are beautifully sung, wonderfully emoted, but I'm not like, she's going to be the witch in Into the Woods in a decade. Yeah, and it's not even like, it doesn't even feel like a, a musical version of De- like you know this you know I've, it, it, this was not the you know the Oklahoma we were expecting Rosie when we walked into the recent production that we saw you know this is what we <laughs> do remember so much blood in the original production of Oklahoma I don't get me started because I have derailed multiple podcast episodes already trying to talk about that that production of Oklahoma uh. In that, well, they, conclusion, Rosie hated it, but for the reasons that the just show intended her to find Oklahoma yeah. something incredibly uncomfortable. Thought it was fantastic. Absolutely hated it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean, that they've just got gone for like, we'll put you in 70s Dolly cosplay and plunk you on a stage. And it's, I was about to say, you know, it's kind of towards the end. You don't need it to be like the big thing, but this is actually the final yes. number. Yeah, this is her finale. This is her big yeah. number. Like, and they've got her I on think... a hay bale. <laughs> yeah, and she's just like stroking some Muppets. Like it's it's really, uh, it's really strange. Yeah. Maybe she just loved this song. This song came out in 1977. Like it was the same year. Oh, so it's like her doing Dua Lipa. <laughs> <laughs> That's always your reference. It's yeah. what, look. 
I was going to say it was like hot off the press. Yeah, I, it's because whenever it's always like a song two years ago, I just think 2020. So I think future nostalgia. Okay. <laughs> like, um, weird Blair Witch Ghost of Emma. What did you think of? <laughs> yeah, I, the, I, I didn't want to comment on it, but as the, as the, the darkness is drawn this in around is gonna you, Emma, it is my dream. Yeah, I'm genuinely waiting for like, what was that? Is it like Pazooza? What's the, what's the exorcist? Bazooza. Yeah, exactly. That's what <laughs> I look at. Emma, your eyes have gone like green because of the reflection of the screen as well. I like, kind of want to really print screen creepy. it just so we have evidence of like, but I'm also yeah, scared I'm like... to touch anything on my computer. Yeah, don't touch any buttons, Lewis. Somebody else does it who trusts I've done it. It's fine. <laughs> I've done it. Oh, okay. No, I thought, I thought it was a great song and, you know, it was fun to see uh, Bernadette interact with the other Muppets. But like you guys were saying, it was just a shame that that was it. Like... There was no like showbiz pizzazz. There was no, I didn't come away from it seeing much of her personality, to be completely yeah. honest. It just felt a bit of a like, oh, okay, well, that's it kind of thing, really. I want a jazz shoe. I want a fishnet. I want a sparkly jacket. <laughs> Give yeah. me Fosse. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not asking for the moon. <laughs> then at the end, when she comes on for the, the little goodbye, everyone, that yeah. was our show, Um, she's got like, the black outfit and like the pin back 70s Broadway hair. <laughs> like, yeah. It looks like that's what you put on to do your big, like, okay, everybody, thanks so much. Yeah. Start spreading the news. <laughs> you know. Why is she singing in a bass? <laughs> <laughs> because I'm very tired. <laughs> and that's where my, that's the key I'm singing after the watershed. <laughs> Rosie saw that Jane Lynch tweet from earlier. Emma, you won't have seen this. Jane Lynch wrote this awful tweet. Like, let me see if I can just pick it up was, quickly. What was she weird is that when I, she wrote I that. saw the some tweets that clearly were referring to it. But you know when you yeah. you're on Twitter and you go, There's discourse happening here. <laughs> But I don't know what the discourse is about. So I was trying oh, to find God. the original thing and then found it of all places on the Who Weekly Instagram yeah. account. And because I, I was like, somebody said something really stupid. You could have put a gun to my head and told me to name a thousand people and I would never have said, I think it's Jane no, Lynch. Yeah, unless, unless something else has happened on that godforsaken production of Funny Girl. <laughs> where actually, like Jane Lynch actually just like, Maybe I don't know, she's boot- trying to get cancelled so she can leave even earlier. Yeah, booted Beanie Feldstein in like the tit or something. Where she's just like... <laughs> Protect so Beanie! Yeah. <laughs> the tweet is, I love women. I am a woman. Our voices are higher than men's voices. Women's voices get into the annoying area if it gets too high. If you're doing a podcast, consider lowering your pitch a tad. If you think I'm being sexist about this, then I don't know what to do with you. Okay, Jane. I mean, the, the best thing is that the reply underneath is just a photo of Elizabeth Holmes of the Theranos. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> and I saw somebody else just posting the, the meme of obviously Jane Lynch being like, I'm going to create an environment that is so toxic. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> yeah, I saw someone do, I'm going to express an opinion that is so counterproductive. <laughs> yeah, so um, shut up, Jane Lynch. <laughs> wild, wild, wild. Yeah, when? why can't we just replace you with uh, Tova right now? <laughs> just get, get you right out. <laughs> or just burn funny to, girl to the ground. I don't know, like... Burn it all down. Should we do the Should we do the uh, the closing of uh, this episode? Yeah, I just wanted talking about the goodbyes. I noticed on my third watch that Miss Piggy was positioned so that I think so that Jerry Nelson could get. This sounds dodgy. It's not meant to, but so that he could stand behind Bernadette Peters and do Robin. Ah, 
so Miss Piggy was like blocking the front of Bernadette mm. and she did she didn't move yeah. at all. So I'm assuming that was the purpose of that. So he put her on a coat hanger. <laughs> It's funny when you think about how Muppets are ostensibly just very over-the-top gloves. I've, oh my god. I've never sort of considered it that way yeah. before. But now I'm just considering like just going to an event wearing... Wearing a wearing, mu- wearing a Kermit. Yeah. Did you see that thing on Twitter where it was the, um, you know, the am I the asshole uh, uh, Okay, about where... the puppet wedding. I saw the phrase puppet <laughs> wedding and thought, I do not want to engage... Jane Lynch can have I have this not one. seen this. Okay. Um, a, a couple who are puppeteers and met d- doing some sort of puppet workshop wanted just to have puppets be a central thing of their wedding. They asked their guests to each buy an individual $100 to $500 puppet <laughs> and operate them all Dead. No, no. And so, like, no. you come to the church and you're there with your puppet. You go to the reception. You have your puppet. You sit down to dinner. This is like what we were joking about with Charlie McCarthy going to a wedding. Yeah, like, literally. And what? then, like, we, like, and they were like, we were careful to like choose a buffet, a, like buffet food that would be able to be eaten with one hand, so you don't Shut even up. take your puppet off during dinner. And they were like, obviously, we wouldn't expect you to take the Muppets to the bathroom. And it's like, well, it doesn't sound <laughs> like well, that. Well, you've thought about wow. that, haven't you? Um, I uh. Like, what I want to know is, do they have one recommended puppet maker? Because I think the fact that if all the puppets looked the same, that would be the most pleasing thing. But if some people have got glove puppets and some people have got, like, Avenue Q, yeah. then it's going to really so ruin the So I think the, the thing that people uh, got... <laughs> That's what's going to ruin the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Because there's 200 puppets. <laughs> I think they would direct them all to one particular... Puppet like puppet maker. Who is making that many some, for a whole wedding? Some poor, some poor puppet maker is like, they why do have I have time. to keep buying? Like, I don't, I don't have this, this no. many puppet tuxedos. No. <laughs> I mean, like I've had a run. That's a lot of puppets. That's too many puppets. <laughs> had a run on puppet tuxedos. Well, it's a formal event, Lewis. What are they gonna wear? <laughs> uh. Uh, right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So just, okay. Just going back to the um, goodbyes, I did like the. Uh, like, <laughs> we've, st- we've still got a bit of this podcast to go. Like, we need to get moving. <laughs> like, like, we've now done the equivalent of. And if we're not careful, Emma's going to entirely disappear into the nether realm. So <laughs> Emma is actually a demon. Emma's turning into. Emma's going to disappear into the upside down version of where Bernadette Peters was for her. Yeah, with number. Timmy Monster and Sweetums. <laughs> I'm going to put the main, the light on, but I might end up like disappearing. So let's see what happens. Okay, cool. Oh, this is going to be like the jump scare where you turn the light on as somebody standing behind you. <laughs> ah! Don't. It's a puppet. Timmy monster. Yeah. Charlie McCarthy. <laughs> the one little thing I did love in the goodbyes was after um, Robin falls off of Bernadette's shoulder and she scoops him up. She turns around and she says he's gonna make it I think as if he's like Aww. really had quite a dr- like he's already like, uh, like I didn't hear her say that he's prepping him for his tiny Tim days for his tiny coffin <laughs> another little puppet tuxedo clip <laughs> and then they just toss it out the window uh, any other thoughts before <laughs> we move on to uh, rankings just the Statler and Wardorf button saying about oh, yeah. Miss Mousy <laughs> loved her what we didn't like just great that Piggy is still terrorizing them right right till yeah, the last. Ready to like club yeah. them. 
Uh, well, I will be very interested to see how we rank this episode, but first we must each decide on our MVMP, otherwise known as our Most Valued Muppet Performer. Uh, Jade, why don't you kick us off? So I honestly think there's only one MVMP for this episode, and that is Beaker. I think he absolutely mm. steals the show. He's so funny. He's so good. Miles above everyone else, in my opinion. <laughs> the absolute definition of a Muppet that comes in for one sketch and, yeah, you're just like, that's what you're remembering and that's what you're thinking about afterwards. So, yeah, I'm going with Lewis Beaker. <laughs> so... <laughs> Me. <laughs> uh, Emma? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with you, Jade. My MVMP is going to be Beaker. Yay! He's Yay! so well-formed in this episode, considering this is probably like the uh, the second time that we've seen him. And he just is Beaker. And he's just really funny, like what you were saying earlier, with his kind of his little movements and like his hands and like where he does this little thing where he takes his hair off and puts it back on again and his <laughs> reluctance to sort of drink the Bunsonium. I just think he's really, really funny. And he made a really great impression in this episode. So yeah. for that reason, he is my MVMP as well. How about you, Rosie? Uh, okay, so I am going for a generic chicken puppet because I feel yes. like they were a bit of a runner, but like a stealth runner. So we had a sandwich, we had some chopsticks and we had the uh, classic bomb egg. <laughs> um, and I felt that, uh, you know, a lot of my, my, my favourite performances were uh, sidelined this this week. Um, so it's going to be uh, my MVMP is uh, unnamed chicken puppet. Very good. <laughs> uh, so of course uh, I am going for the Shake's wife. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you haven't done your outfit of the week. Oh my god, I haven't done my outfit. God, I, re I forget this every single week. Um, ooh, what is my outfit for this week? I think it's probably going to be... Oh, either Kermit's little suit from his opening... No, oh my god, no, I'll just choose Miss Mousy's um, Victorian get-up. <laughs> Come on. Her night Because when we were kids, I did I did enjoy dressing in Emma's Mrs. Tiggy Winkle outfit on an occasion or two. Like... <laughs> That's what I wore I when I had COVID and I took to my bed. I put my mop bonnet on. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's my outfit for the week. And uh, I mean, I worry that I am just going to end up choosing Beaker every single week. So I did wonder whether I actually, in a surprise twist, will not choose Beaker this week and actually go for Muppet Newsman. Only because this is the kind of Muppet News Flash sketch that I fully expected mm -hmm. from him since kind of the beginning really so I, I i gave my mvmp to beaker when he first turned up earlier this season so in a surprise move i'm actually going to choose muppet newsreader because i hope this is the beginning of more just very quick very prop based sketches where muppet newsman is injured in some way <laughs> and then i'll take care of him <laughs> oh dear <laughs> Okay, so let's move on to our rankings for the week. Uh, <laughs> Rosie. So I'm going to give this episode, I think, a seven tongue depressors out of ten. Nice. <laughs> because uh, I think it's pretty solid. There were some sketches that I really liked. I really enjoyed, uh, you know, it feels like a while since we talked about it. But the uh, how could you believe me when I said I loved you when you know I've been a liar all my life. I really enjoyed some Applejack. Some real titles this episode. like Bomb <laughs> Egg. <laughs> <laughs> you know, get get me 
mummy, get me some water or whatever it is. Um, call and, the wind, Maria. And, uh, <laughs> is that an instruction? Call no, the wind, they Maria. Call the wind. Like, they call the wind. They call but is the it, wind, Maria. That They call it, that's her I'm name. Guessing. Or I'm telling Maria that they're calling the wind. I'm assuming it's her name. It's the wind's name. Yeah, so I'm going for seven because it feels like, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good sketches. But as a whole, I don't feel like, wow, what a complete bomb egg of a show. <laughs> nice emma what are you gonna give this episode out of 10 this week i'm gonna give it the same as rosie actually um i'm gonna give it seven grasshoppers out of 10 i kind of agree with what rosie said to be honest there's some really good bits in it like miss mousy and kermit's song is really cute i love kermit's little tuxedo that he wears emma calls out the tuxedo every single time kermit i know wears. i love his tuxedos they're so cute well we know where those puppets are getting them for the wedding <laughs> this is actually yeah this is actually a view of emma's eyes from all the sewing she's been doing <laughs> sorry emma carry on sorry, emma. <laughs> That's all right, don't worry. Yeah, so I would probably say that. And also Bernadette's song that she did with Sweetums, uh, Fog and Timmy was quite cute. And also, obviously, when she did the song for Robin, which I thought was just super sweet. And obviously, when we had all the Muppets coming in. But then there were some pretty bad, like, songs and sketches, like the Bomb Egg, the really bad UK spot. So, yeah, this... Uh, particular episode I'm going to give it 7 out of 10 how about you Jade so yeah I was I was a little bit torn because I do feel like it doesn't coalesce into like the best episode and obviously as we originally watched it on Disney plus it's missing the end of the runner and also Robin's number which is just a bit of a shame as we were discussing um, so I'm going to go for six and a half out of ten Miss Piggy hammerlocks. I feel like I, I really enjoyed the Miss Piggy, Miss Mousy runner. Take a little one step is very cute, although I did want it to go further and escalate a bit more. I loved the chickens throughout the episode. They were great. I really enjoyed Sam the Eagle. And yeah, obviously just one person is adorable and really, really sweet and cute. Muppet Labs was brilliant. And yeah, I mean, I enjoyed all the chaos, although it was a bit of a shame that it wasn't broken up with the Robin stuff. Um, but yeah, I feel like things like Applejack, you know, were were quite disappointing. Obviously, the Shake of Araby was just, I don't even know, like there are no words for how terrible that was. <laughs> um, and I just think it's, yeah, I think it is a bit of a shame that we didn't see more of Bernadette's personality in this episode like I think she's she's an absolute icon of screen and stage and yeah I just I do feel like she was kind of underutilized in a way Lewis how about you I'm actually gonna go even lower I'm actually gonna go down to six bad shoe puns <laughs> out of ten um only because and I think it's slightly because I think unfortunately I went into this episode with higher expectations because of knowing who Bernadette Peter was and the sort of the idea of like, oh my God, what could they be doing with uh, Bernadette Peters? What are we going to get? And so then I was kind of let down by my own excitement about, you know, what we could have potentially gotten. Unlike Sam the Eagle in this episode, you were hoisted by your own petard in this I episode. Was. <laughs> I was. Um, so I think, and the combination of that and also I'm... The main plot revolving around Robin, who unfortunately I just do not find engaging or interesting as a character. 
quite a few bad sketches. Uh, the I actually find the back half of the episode a bit stronger, even though it's chaos, chaos, chaos. But Bernadette does the best she can with what she's given, which is, you know, she sings three songs beautifully, but she's not given really any kind of anything fun to play around with. I mean, the best she gets is maybe a bit of skipping around and directing the three big, big boy Muppets about a bit, which is like, no, no, over here, over here. And that's kind of it. Like, yeah. So I think, unfortunately, uh, six bad shoe puns out of ten for this one. Um, as we crack into uh, what's probably going to be nearly two hours of an episode, let's mosey on over to Jade's book club. So I've picked a little section this week which is talking about the set design and you'll hopefully understand a bit more uh, when I read it. But I thought this was quite relevant because of some of the challenges that we have spoken about with Robin this week. So this is from Of Muppets and Men by Christopher Finch. And Christopher Finch writes, At the outset of the series, the design department was faced with a considerable challenge. David Chandler, the department head, recalls that he met with Henson a few weeks before the pilot shows were scheduled to be taped. After some preliminary discussions about the major permanent sets, Chandler promised to deliver sketches in a week. Henson explained, apologetically, that he had to return to New York in two days. Working at top speed and basing his ideas to a large extent on the toy theatre designs that used to be known in England as Penny Plain Tuppence Coloured, Chandler came up with a basic concept that Henson liked very much. We quickly learned, said Chandler, that designing for the Muppets has its own special set of problems. Take the backstage set, for example. We knew it had to be built on platforms and that we had to provide room for the puppeteers to work. Also, that it had to look old and used. But the big problem was scale. If you look carefully at the set, you'll see that the staircase is full size, but the doors at the top of the stairs are about seven-eighths the size of a regular door. The whole thing has to work for both guest stars and puppets. That's not easy to achieve. And then where do you find the props that fit in with all of this? You need miniatures. We had people scouring antique shops and junk stores all over London. Luckily, we discovered that there were many beautiful Victorian toys detailed just like the real things they were modelled on, which were the perfect size. It's very important that the sets look naturalistic. The viewer has to believe that the Muppet Theatre is a real place. Also, we have always had to be careful about the colour, keeping it low-keyed to set off the stylization of the Muppets. I mean, if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, those doors are only seven-eighths the <laughs> size of a regular door. So you keep banging on about. <laughs> I've been banging on those doors. Rosie... Thank you so much for joining us um, this Twice. week and also three weeks ago. Oh, it's lovely. Oh, I'm so pleased. No, we really appreciate it. And also, we're very glad that you have uh, recovered or in, still in the process of recovering, but looking, looking, looking much better. Look, I didn't die. <laughs> and look, we, who did not die? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's been an absolute treat. Um, I'm going to find a way to finagle my way back in every season. So, um because this has been oh wonderful. you shall absolutely um and until you pop up again uh, on another episode rosie where can people find you you can find me on twitter at rosie at large and also at a yarn shop called uh, at slipstitch ldn also on twitter and instagram um but mainly my personal twitter where i um spent far too much time don't we all doom scrolling it's <laughs> it counts hey. as a hobby um 
And thank you so much to you at home for listening to Muppetsational. If you've enjoyed the episode, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review, as it really helps spread the word about the podcast. You can follow us on social media. We are at Muppetsational on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Facebook. You can contact us at hi-ho at muppetspodcast.com, and you can find out more about us and the podcast at muppetspodcast.com. Thank you so much for sticking with us on this both bumper and audio, <laughs> I don't know, orally <laughs> challenged episode of The Muppet Show, mainly by my own stupidity. I've been Lewis Chandler. I've been Jake Turner. We'll see you soon. And I've been Emma Chandler. We shall see you next week on another episode of Muppet Sational. Bye. 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 Our theme music is Peppy Pepe by Kevin MacLeod and our artwork is designed by Charlotte Rudge who you can follow at at charlie underscore r underscore rudge on Instagram. That was a funny show. Yes, it was. I wonder if they meant it that way. (laughs) 